Hey guys, this is Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore. For those of you who love QF, a podcast about Howard Stern, and would like to donate some money, there's two ways now you can do it. Uh, You can join our Patreon page, which is listed in the graphic you're seeing now. But also, if you'd rather not do a subscription-based thing, even if it's a buck a month or what have you, uh, you can use our PayPal account, which would be jimfix76 at gmail.com. And you can donate whatever you like, however you like, uh, one of those two ways, and we'd more than appreciate it if you'd like to do so. Thank you very much. Yeah. Anybody, um, any engineers want to pop on? Tell me why Robin can't hear me. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I don't even know if I'm on the air right now. So, Howard, you were you were not being heard by anybody. I guess I'm not. Hello? I can't. I don't know that he can hear you now. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you right now. Now you just froze. The Howard Stern Show. See, I had a weird, confusing early sexual fantasy, and I was always mystified by it. I was into the TV show Honey West. Yeah. And Francis. She was hot. Blonde, big boobs, the whole deal. And my mom got me a book, a Honey West book, and I was reading about it, and in one little page in the book, Honey West was like bound and gagged by a group of dudes, and they were going to do weird crap to her. <laughs> so I remember laying in bed as a little kid, imagining that I was Honey West strapped down in the bed, really? spread eagle. Now that's weird. So I said, wait a second, I might be gay. Really? Why do why you want to be Honey why West? Why am I identifying with Honey West? I think that's you're just a masochist. Strange. I think that's the thing. You know, you want to be tied down. I wanted to be tied down. Yeah. Like, who get, like, I, uh, it dawned on me like two days ago. Who's it? Like, my hair's going to get crazy because yeah. I don't have, like, a, I'm not going to get a haircut. And Beth goes, I'll cut your hair, but you can't cut my hair because my my hair is curly. It's, a, you, it's you, hard to cut your hair. Would you do me a favor? Would you sure. pretend that I am Bahati? Sitting here, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's hot in the garage. I'm wearing a bra top. I okay. My, and I only have panties on. I'm being honest. Can you go a little slower? Just talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> you have underwear on under that rope? There ain't nothing gay about him. All right, like the one main thing I was talking to these guys about yesterday, when we went to Las Vegas, it was three days of shows, porn stars, strippers, everything out there, right? Yeah. Howard starts off the show, his first observation is he saw KC down at the pool with his shirt off. Like, it's his first observation. Yeah, but what, what, you don't lie, Five hours later. <laughs> Why are you eating home fries? You're getting a little bit of a belly. Oh, oh look at talk. You know I like my girl shaved. <laughs> Maybe that was the guy in the backseat. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was at that time, Howard. It was another time. It was like he was just on the side, of the, like he was in front of his house making out with the guy. Oh, they couldn't even get indoors. No, they were on the street. But wait, what is this about the book? He's caught. <laughs> I think Ralph really did this. Did you make out with a, ki- a guy? Oh, wow. What happened? Oh, Are you high? No, this is... <laughs> I was I was gay way before I met Beth. <laughs> Welcome everybody to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host Fillmore, aka Jim Fix, and with me as always is Sam. How are we doing, Sam? Hi guys. We are Good. doing this. We're <laughs> did, <laughs> we're doing this one as an re- old request. And I think it, I believe originally it was Natalie Panero Stack who was really um, eager for us to try to do this. We're going to review the um, last appearance, well, the sorry, the John Kay appearance, not the last appearance, but the last uh, little while and the one big 
uh, John K, John Crick Falusi, or Chris Falusi, depending on how you pronounce it. We're going to call him John K for the purposes of the rest of this podcast forever after here. And um, we we know that this was a big moment because it was a complete sandbag moment where we know that Wiggy was just, especially after the fact, really jealous of Be- uh, Billy, treated him like shit. And he was not a regular, he was a utility player. He was only three days a week on at the show back in those days. Not only that, but if you listen to Billy's rise, it was it was kind of just something that organically happened. And then he became such an integral part. Mm-hmm. And obviously they knew that. And mm-hmm. he wanted more money, which he rightfully deserved because right. he's the talent. He's talented mm-hmm. and he's making the show funny. Right. And so it just, it really blew my mind that first of all Howard blamed the station for not wanting to pay him enough which is just crap and then his his you know fall from the show was just so sad mm-hmm. at least they announced that he left because you know now we just they just disappear into the abyss it's like mm-hmm. the you know Bermuda triangle for employees yeah well the the other thing is, I'm going to read a couple things before we go into the video. Um, first of all, we're, we have to address the fact that John Kay um, fell from grace through scandal, basically. There's a documentary called Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy. He, of course, was the creator of the Ren and Stimpy show. And he illustrated and did some voice as well. And Billy worked on the show. I remember when I was in university, this was like the cartoon everybody was watching. It was just demented. And uh, I thought it was all right. But um, you were an adult. I was a kid when this yeah. came on. I thought right. this was the greatest cartoon ever. So I guess I would equate it to, well, now even SpongeBob is old. So mm-hmm. what? I don't even know what kids like cartoons are for now. I, I used no to like clue. so Ren and Stimp- Stimpy was it was on on SNCC. There mm-hmm. was four shows. It was all that um, at eight and Ren and Stimpy, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I think there was one other. Oh, Clarissa Explains It All. Mm-hmm. So that was the lineup on Nickelodeon, I mm-hmm. believe. Like, those shows. And it was so hilarious. I can remember still some of the bits. I had the dolls, they uh, mm-hmm. the Ren and Stimpy dolls, where mm-hmm. you push in their stomach and they fart. Mm-hmm. I, I just loved the cartoon. I thought it was so great. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it, but I was not, I was a little older and just, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't something I was the age to be fanatical about. I, although I suppose you could be fanatical any, at any age. It just wasn't my interest. I was more, more into music at the time. And South Park was huge. South Park became massive amongst the undergrads. And at any rate, there's a couple of articles that I can direct you guys to so you can read for yourself. I'm not going to because it's, uh, they're, they're pretty long. But there's a variety article called uh, so Ren and Stimpy Creator Slammed for Apology to Underage Girls. Basically, he blamed his, f- his underage fetish on being like ADD or um, he had attention. I can't remember what it was, what he said here. Uh, bi- bipolar disorder and poor impulse control. And it was a non-apology. And then... Uh, BuzzFeed was the original article, I believe, was called Drawing the Line, the, dr- the disturbing secret behind an iconic cartoon, underage sexual abuse. So two girls that were groomed by him, basically, and there was a statute of limitations that expired on the charges, so he never went, he never had to do any time 
but he's retired from the business and any projects he's had have been mothballed and he's not, he's disgraced essentially. Isn't it so interesting that so many of these child, let's say child agents, child movie people, child TV people, programming mm-hmm. pro people in that business, there are so many people that have gotten roped up in pedophilia mm-hmm. with this. It's really bizarre, especially through the 80s and 90s when it was oh, like sure. pe- parents trusted kids with well, these with fuck. these grooming like I'm going to make your kid famous and you just like hand your kids off. Well, what about that Dan Schneider asshole? The one like he was in charge of all those Nickelodeon shows, wasn't he? But, yeah. <laughs> why, why isn't he in behind bars? Why hasn't he been Epsteined? I don't know. It, 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 I, there's a there's a quite a few that aren't. It's really mm-hmm. bizarre. Nickelodeon like, does have a little bit of a dark history. Oh, Actually, yes. <laughs> darker than Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> where yeah. I mean, people people died on rides and they still kept them open and shit. So at any rate, um, the this was what I went. There's a good redditor from five years ago that really I don't know if he still exists, but he went through the year of um, uh, the the months before eleven one ninety five, which was November first, the last day that Billy was in, and he said I noted a few subtle things that I hadn't remembered. A few of you have touched on these. One, Billy wanted to go five days after Ren and Stimpy was announced, was canceled. The announcement came through. He wanted the job security. Howard ripped him on air and appeared cold to the idea, saying that three days enough was enough. Was enough. Three days a week was enough, Billy. <laughs> that sound like passive aggressive, Howard. He did. He didn't like Billy. Was a draw. Totally. Yep. The John Kirkfalusi ambush originally set up as a mystery guest. Billy ran into in the bathroom before the segment. Um, Okay, I don't know why anybody would call this radio gold. It was awkward, mean-spirited, and had me squirming every minute. I am certain this soured Billy's relationship with Howard, although I'd love to hear what Howard's reasoning was for doing this all. Howard was going through a really angry phase at this point. Some of that stuff with Man Cow was cringeworthy. And this is a third part. Howard becoming number one in Dallas. Now, this I had never seen mentioned, but I'm personally certain that a part of this event really pissed off Howard. In the days immediately following Howard becoming number one at the Eagle in Dallas for the first time, I don't remember the call letters, but it's a radio station, Howard did his typical chest thumping and read a news article from Dallas about the accomplishment. The news article credited Howard's accomplishment, but uh, as a tagline mentioned that the true talent in big print was on the show was the unsung Billy West. When Howard read it, you could tell that it caught him by surprise. Robin would hand him a lot of stuff on screen. In the following uh, weeks, Howard became increasingly increasingly snappy with West. Sniping had him under his breath. In one instance, Howard tells Billy to stop improvising and just stick to doing voices. In another instance, Billy laughs at one of Howard's jokes, and Howard calls him out for forcing the laugh. Billy defends him, himself by saying he genuinely, genuinely thought what Howard said was very funny. Howard grumbles that, I don't need you. Lastly, right before the end, at the very end of a show in October, Billy is doing a great Jay Leno, and Howard makes a comment, Jay, why are you and your wife negotiating for less vacation? And Billy answers in Jay's voice, job security. And uh, Tom Chiasano wanted Billy to take um, sign a waiver, basically assuming liability for any lawsuits came, coming from people he impersonated. And um, that was fucked. And so... Uh, we're going to play some clips wow. that in, in the second part that indicate what Howard really thought about him after the fact. And he's flip-flopping between the history of Howard Stern immediately after Billy left 
And in the ensuing years where you hear some dribs and drabs, he flip-flops. And he's saying, oh, we loved him. And then, oh, I, didn't, I couldn't, can't, couldn't care less about him. So which is it? So, I mean, we always, we go into the nitty-gritty of it all. But if you dress it down, Howard, any real shot of talent on that show will be eliminated. Totally. Because, and look at, it is. It, yep. it is and it was. We are mm-hmm. now down, dressed down to... An aging queen in his Mm -hmm. basement doing a Mm -hmm. podcast and no one else but laugh tracks and, you know, pre-recorded bits. Mm -hmm. So good job. You seriously axed everybody because you're a fucking narcissist that can't handle that people are talented. No. You have to be the bell of the ball and the only one spinning around. Mm Mm-hmm. And as a result, um, I think, so I think you guys are going to appreciate it. It's probably going to be two parts and we're going to go through it as best we can. So, um, yeah, unless you got anything to add, Sam, you want to go start, start in on it? I miss you, Billy. <laughs> and we're glad you fucking, you went above and beyond and, uh, totally now like you're, you're, he's never going to go without work. Uh, voice actors he- can work until they're dead. He's a class act. He made yep. good money. He doesn't need to be in the limelight that he was in. I don't think he even relished the fact that he was famous for being on the show. He just liked performing and doing so his too. thing. Yeah. And he's t- since taken the sort of classy way to go about it uh, by blaming management, which is, you know, uh, tr- avoiding getting into trouble with Howard because he is still afraid of uh, litigious Howard. But um, he... I think in his heart, and certainly his wife V certainly know that Howard was responsible for all this. It was Howard's call. And if Howard wanted to get him more money and get him full time, he could easily have done that. I think maybe if Howard becomes less powerful, maybe he would say more about the experience. But he waited out he waited out very smart. He just knows his personality and his vindictive side, you mm-hmm. know. So I think he thought, you know what? I'm not even going to risk it. I'm not going to yep. say a goddamn thing. It mm-hmm. was a great experience and watch me go. Mm-hmm. So later on also, guys, we're going to play from the history of Howard Stern in which they had Billy come back and talk about his time there and what, what, what happened. And you get other perspectives from people on the show. So without further ado, we're going to start on this shit show sandbag. Okay, real quick, because I got a mystery guest, but it's not a mystery guest to us. It's a mystery guest only to Billy. I don't know who it is. What? No, it's not. It's not? Nope. Why? Because Billy knows. Oh, Billy knows? Yeah. How did he know? He ran into him in the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> so it was completely oh. planned. <laughs> and Billy's face looks about, oh my God, he looks so not excited. No. and He, he looks it, it, sullen. Yes. And you can tell, like he, he will tell, you'll talk later about when we, um, he gets interviewed with, um, stuttering John and, um, with Jackie and he'll tell you that this wasn't a reason for him getting pissed off, but you know, watching this, he's totally fucking pissed. Yeah. This is like when, you know, you're a news anchor and you have to do a piece with like Cardi B. You're just like, go fuck yourself. Sure. (laughs) Good work again, Fafa. Way to stash the guest. Uh, Well, then what good is having the guy in? Well, I can't send him away now. Do I know? But you would never guess who it is. It was a funny story. It was a Billy story. Is it the... No. 
Well, don't guess Billy's now, Billy. Guess. Billy still wants to guess. How many guess. people do you think are here that you would know? I want to suspend everybody's belief. <laughs> How did you mess this up? I was in here. I had the guests coming at 7.30. Good job, Gary. <laughs> come in at the same time. you got to make arrangements for that. Yeah. I, I didn't think. <laughs> I didn't think. That should have been in his autobiography. <laughs> I mean, really. It, Gary right now would be like, he looks like, you know, a host at a like a shitty Italian restaurant and he like a surprise party for somebody. He's like, okay, just let us know when the guest is here. And, the, and then he, you know, goes to the bathroom when the guy walks in and everybody's like, surprise. <laughs> he looks like an old maitre d' at Vesuvio's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try, try the scampi. So the, the, so nice the thing is. shirt. Oh, geez. Yeah. That, it looks like well... baby throw up. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s were not kind to men's fashion sometimes. He'd be here this early. He was not due here till 7.25. Billy gets in the studio at 7 o'clock and never leaves. It's my fault. He'd be here this early. Uh, my butt gave us away. So you, so you met him in the bathroom? Uh-huh. So what happened? What was Billy's reaction when he saw you? He was pretty cold about it. He just, he just turned around and kind of went like this, but then composed himself real quick. So was this the first time you saw Billy since since the show? Let me hear that. Yeah, I've seen him on television a few times, but not. No, but you've never run. Now, you, he's such an awkward human being. I mean, but if you just, if the only thing you knew from John Kay was this video, you'd think he was a creep. Before we knew what we found out, before we found out what we know now, he's just really, really odd. Yeah, I was going to say, he reminds me. We used to have at Mia's uh, daycare when she was younger. We'd hire this. Uh, the daycare would hire this person called Saxman Slim. And he would do like animal balloons and play saxophone and do songs. And he wore like a suit like this. And it was, he was so awkward. And I'm like, always got creepy vibes. I was like, who does this for a living? Like, <laughs> like, why are you doing this? And, like I just, and, I, and it like, it would be like this. It was like awkward. Like, hey, so do you do birthday parties and stuff? And like weird, just a weird guy. Sounds Sex like man the, slim. Sounds like the uh, Mr. Softy guy that the, the Iceman Kuklinski took out who, uh, you yeah. know, served ice cream to kids, but was a killer on the side. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because um, I don't know how people stand on this, but when you find out that someone is, how do you feel about this, Sam? You like you love this? I don't know, movie, uh, whatever it is. For me, it's a like Kevin Spacey. That's the word. That's the one that comes up. Or Brian Singer. When I found out that Brian Singer was a really fucking like atrocious Hollywood creep, I couldn't watch his films anymore. I made it a choice, a conscious choice to say, I'm not watching any film he directs. So that Bohemian Rhapsody, which I like Queen, but I, I knew he had his hands all over it. I wasn't going to fucking watch it. And I never did. I, I feel the same way. Like even, you know, with this Epstein thing, people mm -hmm. still have like Alan Dershowitz on like for news pundits and stuff. And I'm like, who's listening to this guy? He was named all over this. I mean, what, as far what do you as think I know, it's still ongoing, right? And do you think that this girl just made this up? Well, I mean, so specific. <laughs> it's well, just so. Well, it just doesn't well, sound. Mean, it just doesn't gets... sound. You know, like it just doesn't sound right, and it just freaked me out. And I was like, "Ew, really?" And I just, I have no interest in watching people who are creeps. 
Yeah, well, the the problem is like Cosby. Can you watch like they once once the Cosby stuff came out that show? I've never seen stuff. I've never seen a more precipitous fall from grace. And not that not that Cosby was a list, but his legend legendary status in comedy sort of ensured that the Cosby Show would always be on YouTube. And there's still clips on there, but I can't even watch the Cosby Show anymore. I cannot watch no knowing what I know. I, it, it's, I it ruins something. It, it just something snapped. That one really. In the beginning, when that all came out, I was like, no way. Right. I really thought, no way, because I loved that show so much, so Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And I really cannot watch that at all. It just freaks me the fuck out. It it makes my, it actually makes me like nauseous. Yes. Especially because of the way he portrayed himself on the show. So it's even John Kay, like, it's just an animation, but principle for me trumps like it, it, you can't change your gut once you get a feeling like fuck this i can't endorse this person anymore you can't even watch their old stuff unfortunately i find you can't even like kevin spacey after the allegations about him came through uh and he got pretty much disgraced and kind of and he, he came out as an asshole uh, with that ap- bullshit apology i'm not a molester i'm gay <laughs> you know that whole movie oh, yeah. <laughs> that that's the that was the worst. I was yeah. like, you have the gall to go up on stage and try to be brave and make yourself now something to be celebrated. Yeah, fuck off. Right. So he ruined. You know, now Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I can't watch uh, at least certain part the parts that he's in. And then um, what do you call it? Uh, Jesus, uh, what was the other film? The Usual Suspects. Uh, I love that beauty, film. Tr- true beauty or be. Beautiful, American, uh, American, American, American beauty. beauty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all these things are ruined after that. I don't know. Somebody else might, might beg to differ, but what the hell? Into him, like, personally, you know. So, no. Yeah, he's, um, he's beyond my means now. What do you mean by that? He's, beyond he's, a, he's a very well-to-do fellow now. He doesn't assort with lower types anymore. I had this really cool thing planned. Yeah. See, Billy, di- Billy cool. is on cool. our show who does all those great voices does the voice of Ren and Stampy. Mm-hmm. I, and this is what he says the whole time. Stampy. Stampy. <laughs> he can't pronounce it. It's cool. Stimpy. Cool. <laughs> cool. He does really cool things. He gets it He gets it wrong the entire time and no one corrects him. Ren and Stampy. 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 Uh, uh, he's a 79. He <laughs> is. Alfredo. And he got hired by this unknown guy to be the voice of which one were you first? Well, originally I was supposed to be both. No, no, no. Forget about originally. Which one did you I get? Was, well, I was hired, contracted. Let him tell the fucking story, Howard. You don't. If you don't know, why are you correcting him? Why are you telling him originally? Just tell. Like he'll tell you the fucking story. It fucking irritates me. God. I is love it? hearing his voice because he. They used to do this the bit on Red and Stimpy log. It mm-hmm. was this log log. <laughs> fabulous thing it was like you just play with this log and it was you know kids are playing with this log it's so stupid but it was just so funny i mean his voice was great he was the voice of stimpy all right stimpy yes all right so the cat yeah billy was hired to be stimpy the cat on ren and stimpy and the voice for stimpy (laughs) is the larry fine voice that he does on our show yeah let me hear that happy happy joy joy do larry fine Hey, Mo, I peed on my shoe. Yeah, that voice. <laughs> so. Yeah, let's down he, let's downgrade it. Let's let's, let's make it let's make it voice. like he's talentless. Let's not hear only your that. voice, Howard. Where are not your only impressions? That, 
not only that, but he's also claiming ownership. He's saying you do that on our show. Like we're the reason you got that gig. That's what he's implying. It, what is show business? Somebody sees you on something, somebody hears you on something, and then they want you for something else. What else mm -hmm. is show business? This Howard treats show business like a state job. Like people <laughs> don't stay there forever, fuckhead. <laughs> It, you don't die at your desk in show business. You migrate. When a season ends or a show ends or you decide to take a different. Oh, you, you got the lead on a movie. Um, I think I'm going to quit the show, the TV show on WB or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that's terrible. You need to die at your desk. That's what show business is. What an idiot. Yeah, I think the way it is now, if JD did die at his desk, no one would notice for at least a week. Um, I think here with the, with the, with this particular thing also, I'm sorry to slow it down guys. It's, um, he, he, there's something, something up his ass. Definitely. Like you can tell just everything's derision. The whole thing was, you can hear it and you can see it in his voice. It's typical Howard. Anyway, he loves when people are fighting or when there's disharmony, but he, it's almost as if something turned off in his head where he said, I have to get rid of Billy somehow. I have to marginalize him until he fucking quits or is miserable. He did it with Artie too. I mean, Artie sure. had his drug problems, but he did it with Artie. But he not originally. Like, like it didn't. It didn't happen overnight. It was. It was definitely a slow build to, I guess, resentment. And and if if that's true about that article being, and I didn't go through the ninety five archives. I have them. Um, if it's true about that being read on the air, I could see that totally turning a switch on his head and going, "Fuck Billy now, forevermore." Uh, who's the one where we did the horrible goodbye? Um, oh, Scott Einziger. Yeah, Einzinger. He did it with Einzinger too. Just the slow build to go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't let the hit the door hit you on the way out. You fuck. That's, that's right. I guess he. I guess this guy who was creating Ren and Stampy heard you on the show, or something. I don't know. I don't know how he how you got that job, but oh, I don't know how you got that job. It's show business. It's, <laughs> you know what, Howard? You've been out of it for ages. <laughs> yeah, he he acts like he acts like show business people have to like you know go into oh I'm gonna go into this store and fill out an application. No, yes. that's not right. how it works out. Mm -hmm. You're in and show business, dummy. And here's the uh, here's the irony: Howard making a, a uh, maybe making a, a living on the radio, but he's not actually doing voiceover work for like Saturn or like you know like Pontiac or you know or Toyota or something. You know, if he doesn't have the voice that he, he doesn't want to make money that way. He's going to make, he's lazy anyway. But if you're really like a voice, if your voice is your power, why didn't he take these gigs? Because he just clearly wasn't talented. He's a nasal whiny, whiny fuck. And Billy could sound like anything he wants to. Billy was a marvel, still is. Right. Yeah. Like he's and, talent. And radio guys used to promote, like good radio guys promoted products or people asked them to do advertising for certain things and they were synonymous Constantly. with a product or yeah. a you know a company or a thing and that was sure. just about about how it was and also howard how do you think you got your jobs in radio do you think you filled out an application no mm -hmm. people heard you and they said okay sure right and you also audition like you go out for a job and maybe you get it and in this case he auditioned and got it what the fuck is it what kind of question is that 79 i can't wait for 79 Right. I met him in 1988. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, so, anyway, he hired Billy. He gave Billy a break and let him be snimpy. 
So the guy who created Ren and Stimpy gets fired by Nickelodeon, right? Yeah. And I guess he expected Billy to leave with him. Billy just took the guy's job and he did both, he did voices. both voices. Just like you did, Howard. Just like you did. What? Oh, I'm sorry, NBC. Robin, where were you? You were drowning in friendlies. Well, fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just the... fucking. It's just just guys picture picture a hole and just fill it with fucking cookie dough ice cream and whipped cream and cherries. That was right. Robin, and he was you, you know. Driving down to New York. <laughs> you thought you thought of that. That's interesting because you went that way. I went the what, what about anybody? Joan Rivers? Anybody? Joan Rivers show? Anybody? Like oh, this yeah. is your this is your friend, but you went in and tried for her job anyway. What loyalty did you have, shithead? I would have thrown that right in his face, right then and there. Well, of course, I don't. The intimidation factor of Howard to me. Mm-hmm. Now that we've been doing this for so long, I don't get it. Like, I look at this little weasel with a wig on and glasses, and I'd be like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Who are you talking to? Right. And I think if he had heard that more in his life, well, he wouldn't be where he is, I suppose, but he would be a better human being. That's for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, right. If Billy said this, he'd be under the desk, crying yeah. in the yep. fetal position. Ray would have to come get him. Yeah, he'd have, she'd have to put the thermometer in his ass again. <laughs> but you know what? I don't blame Billy for what he did. I would have screwed the guy over, too. Nope. It would have been silly. He didn't screw him over. The guy fucked himself. And this is what Billy's going to kind of go into later on. John Kay could not... This is the, uh, the, under, this is the undercurrent, guys. You, most people don't understand this. John, Crick, John Kay was he missing production. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I feel like we're pronouncing the name lo- wrong, so let's just keep calling him John Kay, because I can't yeah. pronounce it right either. That's, that's, that's why, anyway, John Kay, he, um, John Kay was missing production deadlines. He was being basically, he was slowing down the process of the show and then he got canned. Now, I don't know how it worked in terms of like trademark. Would he get money from the show? Cause he was a creator. I'm sure he did. Uh, he get, should get residuals cause the creator credit never goes away. Um, but, um, Unless it's, you know, it's been proven you ripped it off from somebody. But you can, he got fired from his own show because he was, a, a, he was just holding things back. And what the, from what you hear from everybody else, he did it to himself. He was just impossible to work with. And you only really find this stuff out after the fact, years later, you know, these days. I mean, if I think about it, they were turning out episodes so often, like Snick was once a week, new episode, Ren and Stimpy. Animation was done so differently back then, and it must have taken so long to do those drawings and cartoons. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if you're waiting on a writer or Mm -hmm. a voice to create a sketch or create a drawing, I can't imagine how annoying that yep. must have been. <laughs> oh yeah, especially when you're guaranteed. You're telling the you're telling sponsors, yeah, we'll have another one out. Yes, we're going to release. You know, things have to be on a schedule when it gets like that. It's no different than a regular TV show. You know, I used to you know like claymation, like Gumby. I'm like knowing how that process worked. I'm I think to myself, Jesus Christ, if anyone slowed that down, <laughs> you know, it's just like insane how yeah. slow that is. That's right. So in those places, and then eventually becomes a conveyor belt, and that's why quality control can take a hit. But, you know, sometimes that happens in the business. All right, get the guy in here now that it's not a surprise. Sucked. 
<laughs> so basically the Ren and Stimpy production crew, the production basically fired everybody and then they rehired people based on, it's like, okay, we're starting from scratch. Let's see who's the best person. And in case of Billy, who was a hired gun, essentially, it's like, no, get him back. And he's a professional. He'll do the job. He'll do all the jobs we want and he can do it. So why wouldn't you have him back? You didn't have problems with Billy. You had problems with John Kay. And he also was going from radio work three days a week right. to now a steady paid job where I'm sure he got, you know, benefits from. And Unions. Why? Yeah. Yes. Why yes. would you turn that down? Yeah. And the other thing is, of course, that um, like uh, it wasn't like John Kay and Billy were roommates. They weren't like Facebook. It wasn't like Zuckerberg stealing Facebook from, or, or John Hines stealing Jump the Shark from his roommate or his college friend, but buddy, whatever. It's he was hired to do a job. That's it. There was no solidarity. And there's not this, you know, it's you guys have to think about terms, too, of, yes, there's an abundance of um, kid shows and YouTube and so much, so, so many platforms you kids can, um, get content from. But back then Nickelodeon, Disney, and maybe like PBS were the only things. So right. if you did need a cartoon show, there's what? 10 tops. Yeah. Yes. If that, you right. know what I mean? And yeah. some of them are, uh, have been running for years that ha yeah. are never going to change. So right. you're lucky to have that. Mm-hmm. So like the Simpsons, but that, that really doesn't count because it would have been like, you know, that's, that's just a show. That's basically like a sitcom. I had a whole thing planned. It would have been funny. Oh, well. So you ran into him in the bathroom? Were you shocked? Um, no, not really. I mean, I just haven't seen him in a long time. So yeah. the great reunion happened in the bathroom. Yeah. So any type of dynamic happened in the bathroom because Baba Booey doesn't know how to put this show together. Oh, dear. What kind of dynamic? I'm standing there going, you know. Uh, oh, wow. You're the guy who created Ren and Stimpy, huh? John Kay. Okay. So he's bringing in stuff that he's plugging. And at this point, there's no scandal. It's just, I mean, he's, he's not blackballed in the business. So he has other things going on and he's got stuff in development. But, um, this is the thing I had to ask you. He planned, so he, he knew he was coming in, he was planning, but the guy pitched to come in. This doesn't, this wasn't one thing where Howard reached out or somebody reached out and said, can you come in and fuck Billy? But the, but the motivation to have him in because Howard greenlights everything is let's make Billy uncomfortable. There's no question in my mind. That's how it went down. Yes. The jealousy thing spurred from that article and we've snowballed into right now. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a case like, um, he, he actively sought this guy out to have him in to fuck Billy. It was this, it was a confluence of guy wanted to plug. They found out, oh, Billy had a thing with him. Oh, why don't we get some fucking, why don't we make this really uncomfortable for one of our, our workers? And then that was what you're seeing. Subsequently from, um, that article, I do remember Dallas, him talking about Dallas a lot more than mm -hmm. like he was very concerned about the Dallas market and I remember mm -hmm. him talking to uh, a lone radio station it was a woman I remember he used to talk to her from Dallas because he got kicked off of Dallas I think it was like after the Selena thing Maybe, um, well that would that was that that comes later I think well, no right. 95 same year same year you're right so he had a, he had after that like almost like a drive to get make sure that he was number one in this market and he was yeah. super popular there. And I think that had a lot to do with now that I'm hearing about this article, he didn't like that. He wasn't the talent. Mm -hmm. 
The super and, talent. Well, it's exactly like, and it's exactly like that census thing that they put out and had all the serious people asking them who your favorite person on the show was. And when Artie won, you like he tried to blow it off like, eh, whatever. I don't know what the fuck this is about, but you know that bothered him to no end. Oh my god, that was that was the gremlin that you just don't pour water on, and all of yep. a sudden you're just just you know giving it a couple drops a day. Yep. <laughs> Oh, that's the guy you created. Oh, there he is, uh, Billy. Oh, hey, who's the uh, babe with you? Oh, these are my pals here. This is. Um, no, I mean, who's the girl? <laughs> oh, this is Leslie. That's my. Sit name. down and talk to. Sit down. Now you got to get in the microphone. You, you, you hippie artists are like two out there. He doesn't look like a hippie artist. He looks like one of those beatniks. Mm. I'm not. He looks like a pedo. <laughs> I'm sorry. He doesn't look like a beatnik. <laughs> and Gary, like the least professional person there is. He he is. He's like Artie Buco. Where you're just like, you know why you're not moving up? And Tony like had to like yoke him up and say, change the fucking menu. Stop yeah. talking to people so much. Yeah. They've heard your stories. <laughs> Cut it out. This makes me laugh too. The assistant is in there and Billy has to share a microphone with her. That's how fucking cheap they are. They don't have unlimited mics. Now, okay, obviously you're not going to have 300 mics for everybody that comes in there. But if some, every time there's a guest, you should have the capacity to have one of those boom arms available for somebody. And even in the new, in the, in the newer studio, when he got to Sirius, it was kind of like that. Someone always had to have a remote mic. We run a podcast and we mail people mics. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's why you're going to see sound improvements, guys. We're not fucking around when we say the money goes into the show. And uh, thank you for all those donations coming in, guys. Keep them coming, please. The hippie or the hippie. No, but and you know what I mean? You look like one of those guys in the village who are like avant-garde or something, right? Hey, very clean I'm a decent cut, American. No, but I mean, I'm a decent Canadian. And we apologize, guys. Yes, he is from Canada. I can't remember. I think Chicoutimi, Saginaw, Saginaw, Quebec. And, what did he uh, say? Avant-garde because he looks like, what, Andy Warhol with the glasses? Like, what? I don't understand. He's wearing he a suit. He, we we couldn't explain avant-garde if you fucking put a gun to his head and, and handed him seven th thesauruses. So, um, so yeah, now that now the, <laughs> the Inquisition starts. He's clean cut, but he's got the wacky glasses. Yeah, he looks like somebody who'd be in the fashion district, actually. Yeah, it looks like Buddy Holly's father. Oh, so you're saying he looks queer. I mean, just, just say it. <laughs> you guys were, the, the F word was so, like, n normal at this time in 95. So I don't know why they didn't just go out and say it, but I guess you're going to insult the guest. You can't do that. Um, and they want him to go after Billy, so yeah. We are going to be. <laughs> really? Uh -huh. You're going to be in the fashion district? I'm here promoting my new line of clothes with uh, Cy Devor. You, you are an animator, right? Uh -huh. I mean, by trade. And and what are the odds of having a hit cartoon? About a billion to one? Probably something like that. There's right. And when 50 did, new cartoons every year. And, I, I, you know, just to even get Ren and Stempy on the air, to convince somebody that Ren and Stempy would be the thing to produce, because it's very expensive to produce animation. It could be like 300,000 bucks for a half hour, right? That's even more. If it's He's not joking about that. I've seen the... Mm -hmm. nowadays, nowadays with computer animation, probably a lot cheaper, but still... Uh, it's no joke when they're trying to get that stuff together because you have to hire so many people to do the animation and it's got to be perfect if they're doing it by hand because a lot of people insist on um, hand-drawn animation. But in most of the times now, Pixar is kind of cleaned up in the market. But there's still a demand for people to do things by hand. Yeah, if you ever watch the Pixar documentary, they I mean, that's a different style of animation, but it goes into the costs of that and just when they were first starting to do it the weight of oh my god if this doesn't work they were just spending themselves to death it's a lot of money animation oh, is a lot loads. of money 
shitloads. I'm sure, and like I said, as technology's improved, I'm sure Pixar's costs have gone down, but they're still, it's not cheap. And, um, but I still love the old, like, Don Bluth, Dragon's Lair type uh, animation, like um, uh, Pete's Dragon and, uh, you know, all the Fantasia, like the old Walt Disney stuff looks so incredible. Fantasia, I saw it a few years ago, the remastered version of it, and it looks stunning. It's just unbelievable. It really, I I love old animation. I'm a yeah, fan of it. Me too. And it's such a difference watching Mulan versus watching, you know, like Sleeping Beauty. I know. I know. Night. Or Snow White. I, right. <laughs> it's like it's like they got one animator chained to a to a desk with a half a steak. Like that's all he's getting until he's finished. And then that you get the old animators who were just like slave slave driven, but dedicated anyway yeah let's let's continue more now it is yeah and running stampy is like real minimal yeah it not, wasn't not the most elaborate no, it was high end was it high end yeah oh, I especially now really <laughs> didn't look high end to me yeah i would think batman he what a fucking idiot do you know how much detail went into ren and stimpy christ's sake that thing was so elaborate and there were so many episodes. Like I said, they weren't churning them out like, you know, a movie blockbuster once a year. It was no. every week. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was high end. Yeah, I would think like Bugs Bunny's high end. Well, I mean, compared to like Beavis and Butthead. Well, Beavis and Butthead's real minimal. Yeah. And they have Koreans drawing that who barely know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> did you have Koreans drawing? Uh-huh. Yeah, sure super. I guess that you can't get it done without Koreans. Those Koreans draw like... <laughs> Airplane oh. hangers full of Koreans. Yeah. Boy, I mean, they yeah. That's what they do. All the animation that you see, they never do in America because Koreans, for some reason, are willing to draw little pictures. Well, haven't you seen those artists who, you know, <laughs> they yeah. draw so fast? What are the Koreans... Well, that's, this is actually kind of, uh, kind of cringy because he starts to get a little racial here, Howard, obviously. But then also it's, the truth was that Japanimation became so out, overpriced that Koreans started doing it for less money, absolutely, but still not cheap, and um, were just as good. Like the, they became copyists. It's like you know, Toyota copying Ford and improving on it. So just a little cringe, just a note to watch the cringe alert, guys, because it's going to hit. Well, it's going to ping red <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah, well, you know, this week... Uh... I think we, uh, Biden, yeah, he signed a anti-Asian uh, hate crime bill, which, you know, will do probably nothing, but it's signed. So hopefully Howard got the memo and <laughs> it scrubs this on YouTube. <laughs> they get an airplane hanger, they pack them in there and then they just have them scribble draw each little hand movement and stuff at a time they have to keep redrawing and drawing and draw you think with a computer now you wouldn't have to keep drawing yeah. the same thing over and over again you know what i mean john uh, they'll get to that point but right now it's the mongolian hordes is it really uh -huh. the mongolian hordes just sit there and draw these little pictures over and over and again you know what i hate is when he doesn't know something like this or the process but he just assumes something mm -hmm. and shits on it like I don't, you know, what are you, why don't we do it like this? What? You don't right. have a fucking clue. Shut the fuck up. That's like going into, I don't know, let's say a college math class and being like, you know what? I'm gonna erase everything you just wrote on the board. Why don't you just do it like this? <laughs> um, but you <laughs> well, have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. It's that it's I that just same... start writing smiley faces all over the fucking chalkboard. You're right, but he it's that whole radio shtick where he's just got to kill time. And I think, and especially in this particular video, it's because it is so awkward and he's nervous himself because 
he's not getting the reactions he wants. He's not getting Billy like storming out. That's what he really wanted. Billy to get angry or something. And Billy's just not giving it to him. Yeah. So he's, he's trying to create conversation. Just like, this is awkward talk. This is like cab talk. Yeah. Filler bullshit. What does it take? 8,000 of these drawings for one frame. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? You just shove rice under the door and they keep drawing. <laughs> we don't do it. We get other people. To do it. Isn't that cool, though? I mean, like, no. No, like, it's not cool. Think of all the poor black people that could be drawing here. Yeah, but no, they he's want... talking about the fact that pretty soon the computer's going to put all those Koreans out of work. Oh, that's going to be great. That actually did happen. <laughs> that actually did happen in the Pixar documentary. They talked oh, yeah. about how they basically just fired so many animators. Sure, of course. Hey. No, that won't put them out of work. They'll be on the computers. Oh, will they? Uh-huh. Yeah, you right. won't need as many. Right. Well, there'll be other Koreans that'll have to fix. <laughs> the fix the, the yeah, computers, right. I see. Massive unemployment hit Korea today <laughs> when all cartoon were done by computer. He's, 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 this is Ching Chong predecessor, guys. This is before Ching Chong Charlie. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi animator. <laughs> so anyway, that's pretty, you know, a lot of people don't realize that all that cartooning work isn't done here because we're so... Greedy with our unions Very and stuff. Very little is done here anymore. Yeah, it's kind of We're sad. so like, greedy go... with our unions. What? It's the companies. The companies decide they want to make more money for, they want to pay less for the same amount of work. And the unions don't really have a say in that. Like, what are the unions going to do? Lower their salary, lower their hourly rate so that it can be maintained, you know, like in the, you know, it's, it's fuck you. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and this and explains the... more of that whole anti-union thing, Wiggy, is because... God, if, he, what, if if that staff was unionized, he'd he'd be alone just like he is now. That's what I'm saying. Like, of course he's going to be anti-union. Totally. How many how many unpaid interns pass through those halls? <laughs> Big time. Well, the black people who live in Harlem could be drawing little pictures. Why do you say black people in Harlem? <laughs> well, you know what? Did did this conversation inspire Robin's chair the charity she donated to scenarios? <laughs> People who are underprivileged in this country. Then say the people who are underprivileged. Well, no, it's black people in Harlem that are underprivileged. <laughs> They've been screaming that for years. I keep seeing it on the news. Oh, you know, you know what? <laughs> Harlem was doing just fine. Thomas Sowell is from there, but, you know, let's just turn it into a welfare state. Keep going. <laughs> we don't give any, like, uh, these little pictures to draw to our black people. Uh, we do, actually. Oh, you do? Yeah, Ren and Stimpy, we actually brought back a lot of the artwork that is uh, traditionally done overseas. And gave it to the black people? Uh, yes. <laughs> so you, like Billy yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Billy's a black person. <laughs> yeah. He is kind of black. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Why, why did this convert? Why does he do this? Like, even if you're what? having awkward conversation, why did right. it have to go to black, Korean, Asian, Asian rice? Right. <laughs> Because he's racist. Like, that's his go-to. It's one of his go-tos, right? And it used to be anyway. Now, so I mean, no wonder Robin was flopping around like a goldfish out of water on the Sally stage because oh she God. had to defend this. She had to defend this. And this is the same year. Born in Detroit. <laughs> yeah. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. As many as we could find. Are any picture, little pictures drawn in this country? Uh, yeah, uh, we, did all, we did a lot of all the poses on Ren and Stimpy were done here. Oh. Normally, that's completely done in Korea or China. Yeah, it's always people with China, yellow skin. Korea. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're willing to work. Like, what do you have to pay a Chinese guy to, to draw pictures? 
box of Uncle Ben's. You know what it is? Their, their actual writing, their letters, are, are little pictures. Okay, so first of all, he's a re he's retarded. Yeah. Chinese 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 writing is yes, it's characters, not pictures. And yes, you go it's backwards. Like you 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 read them from right to left, and uh, I think left left to right, right to left from the book if it's a book. But you're actually reading, I believe, up down left right, like left right left right. You know, it's very unusual. But you do have to if you're learning Chinese specifically. And I know that a lot of Koreans do have to learn it as kids. I'm not sure exactly why. That used to be a very tr big tradition. Um, it is like art. So it's not uncommon for uh, kids to get into calligraphy and from calligraphy to go on to animation. And animation's huge. It's still huge. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot of stuff gets outs outsourced all over the world. And Asians do love their anime. There's shitloads of it. I wish I had Wayne on to talk about it because he's almost like an expert in it. So they love to. They have a lot of practice drawing pictures. Well, they had a head start. Yeah, those aren't words. Those aren't those letters. pictures. Those aren't letters. Those are pictures. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? You ever see that funny, no. funny Chinese writing? Backwards. Funny Chinese yeah, right. writing. Funny. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, he, he yeah, thinks. Why he, is it? He's 79. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Okay. No, I, I guess, I guess so. he, but you know, I think he finds the English language funny because he can't, he can't read that apparently either. Hey, John knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> He's been over there. You've been over to China? Yeah, stuff? I was in yeah. Uh, Taiwan for a bit. Right. Taiwan and China. Why? Taiwan, wait, stop. Taiwan is in China. It's a sovereign part unto itself, even though yeah. Americans are so afraid to say that. Hi, John Cena. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I just and... saw that blind. That was kind of funny. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. Is they willing to draw those pictures? Comparatively, yeah. Wow. Pretty cheap. It's a shame that we can't draw them here. It'd be neat. I mean, half of Harlem would be working. Yeah, but it's it's also... Again. Oh, my God. What the fuck? What is, it, what is it about... Like, first of all, even back then, guys, this ain't a social justice warrior thing. I would never have found that funny. I would have just thought, what is this? Is this guy only got race on his mind? So, so, and then he's also race baiting in the fact that Korean and Chinese people are taking away what animating jobs from black people somehow because of the way they write, like, because they, because they write letters. So they know how to draw pictures. So guess what? You're not getting any jobs, Harlem. It's so bizarre. <laughs> what, what about Queens? Yeah. Why does, why does it have to be Harlem? Yeah. <laughs> what about Chicago? Buffalo? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so a shame we can't enslave people like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're like, not into that. <laughs> we got us. over that stage. That's stupid. We should enslave some people here. <laughs> and those Very people aren't funny, enslaved. Yeah. They just want to work for cheap. Oh, please. That's all there oh, is. Oh, yeah. They, no. Okay. They just want to work for cheap. This is this is all self-soothing bullshit to make himself feel better for basically having a slave labor culture yeah. at his show for 30 yeah. something years. Oh, by totally. the way. Yeah. Do you guys have to pay for the crayons or do they uh bring their own? Do they bring their own crayons? Yeah, we send them to. <laughs> no, you know what they do? They probably charge them every time they break a point. <laughs> yeah. They leave there with no money. Anyway, John, you get we're getting God. No, you know what they do in slave labor? They, uh, you know, blindfold you, put you into a car, if, like the Uyghurs. And when we get made in China, it's probably from them. But, you know, that's fine, Howard. Well, I mean, 
<laughs> I think the other thing is uh, there's always room for an unfunny uh, Robin aside when this stuff happens. And uh, if you had, want to play a drinking game, every time Robin opens her mouth and you go like, what was that for? What was that about? What did, what purpose did it serve? Did it advance this fucking story? No, just can carry on. We know what she's getting paid for. Sidetrack. So you get, so you come up with this idea for Ren and Stimpy. And you convinced Nickelodeon to do it. And it was a pretty out there idea. It was a pretty far out cartoon, right? And the, I always thought it was kind of normal. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. But get, getting it on TV it couldn't have different. been easy. It couldn't be easy. It was because different. At the time, it seemed really peculiar and odd, right? It took about 10 years to sell it. You really? Know, we were uh -huh. talking about the age of uh, Muppet Babies and yeah. that sort of thing. Okay, so go, yeah, please go ahead. I do remember. So, like, I used to watch Rugrats, was super popular on Nickelodeon, mm -hmm. and Doug. It was like Doug funny and those were the popular cartoons on Nickelodeon yep. mm -hmm. and you know, Muppet Babies was too. But th when Red and Stimpy came out, it was so ironic and strange. It had bits in within the cartoon, like segments, almost like a Saturday Night Live type thing where it was like skits within the show yeah and peripheral characters that just came and went it was yeah. so bizarre yeah I, I thought it was just hilarious and it, it was it could, so unique yeah it was non-linear as well sometimes the storytelling so you could it could go it was almost like it really was off the wall so you didn't know it was like following a, a marble you don't know where it's gonna go you know what a lot of 90s things which i miss like I always, this is my Adam Sandler reference, just funny shit to throw in there for no reason. Like, why is there a penguin right. in this? Or, you know what I mean? Why is this Why is this scene here where it's just Norm MacDonald and some drunk guy on a lounge chair being like, hey, Billy, Billy's not here. This is <laughs> like a bunch of daiquiris around. I, you know, like there was just like random, weird, funny non sequiturs mm -hmm. thrown in and the cartoon had that to sell it that's no easy feat so you finally conceive this thing get it all together you get it on nickelodeon it takes you 10 years to sell it you get it on the air it's a hit you hire billy to be one of the voices you give him a break because you remembered him from years ago right uh-huh <laughs> and then nickelodeon decides they're trying to paint a picture like Billy's this shit heel for, you know, not aligning with John Kay. That's the big takeaway you're going to get from this. And then he calls Ben and Ben calls into the show. I so wish we had heard from V, Billy's wife, because she wouldn't get on the air. <laughs> but she's such a great fucking when she would call in. You know, a lot of these wives, like I think Fred's wife used to give it to Howard, too. Like big time, you know, go fuck yourself. Like. Mm -hmm. No, you're painting, you're whitewashing this entirely, painting it into a narrative that's spinning it mm -hmm. the way you want it to be spun. Exactly. Uh, Should we take our shirts off? <laughs> the Nickelodeon decides to what happened with Nickelodeon? fire you because you're difficult because you were not producing enough episodes. Yeah, you know what? Don't let anyone tell the story. You just tell it, <laughs> Howard. You know what? You have two people sitting here. What happened yeah. with Nickelodeon? Here, I'll tell you, because I know, just like every interview he has. Thanks, 79. Right. <laughs> It'd be like, um, so uh, did your mother get you into acting? Because if she got you into acting, what was that like? I guess she got you into acting, right? She must have been <laughs> terrible. Must have been a horrible, <laughs> definitely a stage mom. How did yeah. that feel to have a stage mom that got you into acting? Did you hate your Meanwhile, mother for getting you into acting? 
I'm sorry, are you awake? <laughs> uh, because you said, hey, look, we can't just produce episodes. You got to have some good scripts and you got to have some funny ideas. Let's have a couple of less episodes, but make the show high quality, correct? It's sort of the opposite of that. What was it? Yo, you <laughs> wanted low quality. <laughs> <laughs> Should I add this into the 79 episode? No, uh, yes, please. Uh, please. Okay. Write that down. Okay, hold on. One sec. <laughs> John K. Retardo question. <laughs> Jesus, he supplied the wrong question, the wrong, the right question, not even the right question, a half pseudo question and the wrong answer and was completely blown, shot down. It reminds me of like a kid who didn't read the book, yes. you know, and a teacher's like, can you tell me what happened in this chapter? Well, and he goes, look at this cover. Isn't this a brilliant cover? Look at the artwork. It's so wonderful. No, Finn just had to paint the fence and he just decided he was going to hold up everyone with a gun and said, you yeah. better paint this fucking fence. Yeah. <laughs> we were producing them too fast and too cheap. So oh. they took them over and produced them slower and more expensive. And that upset you? No, well, yeah, I guess it would upset Why me. did you care how fast or slow they produced them? Because I wanted to work on them. Oh, I see. They took over the production of them, and therefore people thought it was your work and it wasn't your work. No, I don't think anybody thinks it's our work anymore. Right. So... So when they start, <laughs> every fucking assumption is wrong. Every single time he assumes something, it's the opposite. This this is like Robin and Mister X not getting anything on the newly weird game correct. <laughs> it, and it's also so. This is when you're going into these. It, it would be like producing like a niche thing when you yeah. first have a cartoon. But right. then, if you have to make a product every week mm -hmm. at that level, you're going to have to extend it out you're gonna have to you know mcdonald's isn't you know your local diner right you know <laughs> they gotta but churn those what they, they gotta churn those big macs i'm sorry burger king is whoppers i don't eat that yeah. but it's like you know they gotta make the product faster that's what people well, want they need the episodes that's right and you may have to compromise sometimes and get release an episode that isn't as good so like it's a b minus instead of an a you know what i mean like it's still on the uh, the balance of a season might be okay, like a perfectly acceptable, just not one people are going to go back to. Big deal. There are no shitty Seinfeld episodes. There's tons. Right, like David Chase. He didn't make every single Sopranos episode. He was a part of a lot of them and a part of, you know, the creation of it and whatever. But you hand it off to other creative people because you have to. That's have to, just otherwise. how it goes. That's right. The faster or slower production, you were gone already. They, well, it's kind of, you know, a long story, but they, uh, we were in the middle of the second season when they took it over, so they finished up some of the ones that we started. Right, isn't that nice to take the creator of it and squeeze them out? Yeah, you're gone. According to John, anyway. They, I'm sure they have their own side of the story. But go ahead, John. Yeah, the side of the story where they have to, they have to finish episodes because they yeah. have to put them out. Because right. now they were committed by, con by contract, I'm assuming, by Nickelodeon to produce a certain amount of episodes per week for SNCC. And what's going to happen if SNCC doesn't have a new Ren and Stimpy cartoon for kids at that 
nine thirty time, which was when it was. Because are you afraid right. of the dark? Was at ten. Yep. You know what I mean? You've already pre-sold ad time to advertisers who are who are told there's going to be an episode at eight o'clock or whatever the fuck time it is on such and such channel, and it's going to be this long, and this is where you put the slot. So they very a lot of work goes into this shit. It's not just hope you know you'll get it when you get it. And let me tell you, the advertisers made a shit ton of money because kids had nothing back then. So it was Friday night, TGIF, which was ABC. So the lineup was Full House, Family Matters, Step by Step, and uh, fuck, I'm forgetting the last one. I think, yeah, something like that. And then okay. Saturday was Snick, and it was the yeah. same family shows. Everybody watched them. And so I bought. All the fucking products, like they sold Gak, Floam, Yakbacks, whatever toy they pushed on those shows, every mm -hmm. kid wanted. Yeah. So they, so they, they were plugging like crazy. Like they were, they were absolutely like really pushing that agenda. Oh my God. I bought everything that they sold during those shows. I mean, every kid did. We had it all. That was your heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Here, we'll give you a side of the story. <laughs> Screw them. Well, you know, the idea is that Nickelodeon was sitting there with a, a hole in their time slot. So, John, are you mad at Billy? Be no, honest. I'm proud of him. No, no be honest. No, Billy's a good guy. He is? Yeah, huh? He paid him back. How? No, listen, here's here's what happened. No, be honest. Please. You're a little perturbed, are you not? No, 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 no. Oh, come no, no. on. Uh, <laughs> Disappointed. Please spin the narrative the way I want it to go. Make Billy look like a shithead, please. I'm begging you. Yeah, take out a butcher knife, stab him, please. Yep, exactly. <laughs> some slack. He's he's proud of his chosen profession. No, I know Billy's proud, but the thing is that you guys were kind of a team. You were doing the voice and everything together. You were the voice. You were the hey, how you do, do the voice, whatever that is. Hey. I don't know if I can do it anymore. Yes, you can. Was was fucking Dennis Franz and David Caruso? Were they a team on NYPD Blue, or were they two different actors who had different parts, signed different contracts, and were completely different human beings? It's the same thing he did with Led Zeppelin. Yeah. He does this Jimmy Page and Robert right. Plant. He did the same thing. Come on, you guys, you guys. Are you dumb? It's they're two working voice actors. Mm-hmm. Period. And okay, one's one's a creator. Fine. Was he in he he and Robin were a team when he fucking left her and Fred high and dry going to NBC? And I would left consider that even more personal. Absolutely. You're, you're like, you're spending more time with them than any fucking actors are going to spend on a TV show together, aside from taping and whatever rehearsals. But, you know, it's like, Jesus Christ, you'd think, you'd think he'd have the self-awareness, but no way. I Come wish, on. I wish, I wish Billy read the Paul Colford book and was like, oh, Howard, weren't you pushing Robin to take that $100,000 contract and leave you? So Shit. you well, didn't well, feel bad? So you didn't feel bad? So, so you could leave and not feel bad? Sure. Weren't you doing that? Yeah, like, I guess you'll have to take it. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's in Robin's book as well. Uh, it's more in Robin's book, the way he explained it. I guess you have to take it. <laughs> I guess you have to take it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's some endorsement. Uh, it means I'm not going to bother plugging. I can't do anything for you. Fuck it. I can't, so. I can't even imagine a hundred grand for that fucking talentless asshole. <laughs> she was just about I think guys in the marbles episode we explained it at being like almost a hundred like over five years by the time the five years like 450,000 over five years so you know what I mean go ahead do it hey. oh what I'm gonna do to you right see and then Billy would do his other little goofy voice what's that 
You bloat sack of protoplasm. Right. So you guys used to get together and do the voices and everything. Hey, Ren, will you button me? And then when you got when you when you got fired, Billy stayed with the cartoon and took over your voice. Notice how he had to fucking denigrate him as well by saying his goofy voice, one of his goofy voices. Yeah, this would. Could you imagine like having Tom Hanks and Tim Allen in and be like, do the Woody and the Buzz impression? <laughs> <laughs> it remember, is. It, remember yeah. when you said, "You're a toy." <laughs> great throw, great callback. Did you really expect Billy to leave? Uh, yeah. You did. Oh, you did expect Billy to leave. Yeah, he told me he was going to. Oh. He did. Oh. <laughs> hey, Billy, you backstabbing. backstabbing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Billy said story. to you that he was going to leave. He was going to leave, but then he called me up. He and his agent called me up, and they said, "Listen, John." We were going to leave, but I decided we're going to pay Nickelodeon back instead. Right. We'll get him for you. Right. Wow. We're going to gouge him really good. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. I'll tell you what. Billy's trying Howard's to take face. the high road. <laughs> He's trying to take the high road and not explain that John Kay fucked himself. Exactly. He's trying to do... It kind of reminds me of like the... You know how James Franco got in trouble with uh, all that shit and Seth Rogen didn't really say much about it. He like sidestepped it the best he could. Mm -hmm. But since then, Seth Rogen has been basically doing comedy like he's going to fall into a lava pit at any minute because he knows the woke mob is just, you know, ready for him. They're just waiting to fucking shoot you dead. Well, okay, I'm going to throw something at you that's in the the realm of the Me Too sort of thing. And I want to ask your opinion about this. When the Harvey Weinstein thing came out, the the consensus amongst most of the press interviews that given that of the articles and articles released and stars that worked with Miramax for a lot of projects, especially like Affleck and Damon, this, the, the, the sound bites you heard was we knew he was a philanderer. We knew he was like a, a like a, 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 you know, whatever, uh, a, a, t- a tough guy or mean guy, whatever. Do you believe that they all knew that this was going on? I, 100%. I, I, I firmly believe that anybody in the camp of the Shakespeare and love kid, like Gwyneth Paltrow absolutely fucked him for a part. She absolutely like sucked his dick, massaged him, whatever. Someone said Meryl Streep knew. I, I'm certain anybody with I, enough power in the industry as an actor knew about it. I will go one step further. I think everybody in Hollywood has some sort of cesspool knowledge and it's all you keep my secret, I keep your secret. You mm-hmm. don't tell, I won't tell. You want a part, shut your mouth. You want this, mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Don't say this, don't say that. Don't talk about this, don't talk about that. I think mm-hmm. it's all that. So mm-hmm. this entire, like, you know, huge Me Too thing, to me, rang so false. Like, I was mm-hmm. just like, what are you doing? These actresses and their, like, pussy hats screaming Alyssa Milano. I was just like, you know what? Fuck all of you. You guys act like you didn't grow up in this, especially the kids who have grown up in Hollywood. You all mm-hmm. know what's going on. All of mm-hmm. them knew what yeah. people were like. And it's right. a seedy industry in general. So right. I don't buy it. I don't right. buy it. And you get big and, balls when the person's, like, in their pile. When they're getting piled on, then you throw a punch. So I think Billy was doing his best to not say anything, yes. you know, 
because again, I do think, and I think this was part of the practice. Like, yeah, that person's a creep. We know this, but we're just not going to say anything about it, especially Mm -hmm. if they have some sort of power or Mm -hmm. they have the possibility to fuck over our career because these kind of jobs are so fragile and rare and they're not like state jobs. Right. And the idea that someone has the capacity to maintain omerta about in the industry will serve them well in another facet. Like if they decide to go work for Warner's or they go decide to work for this company, that means they know they can keep a secret. That's unwritten. That's sort of unsaid and it's unwritten. But the idea is we can trust this person or can't we trust this person? That's the big question. It's an entire different economy in the sense of the people who you're keeping the secrets for are the ones with the capital and the actors and the voices and the people are the labor. And so wealth is built on the cooperation of capital and labor and the Mm -hmm. cooperation and the agreement in Hollywood is you keep your fucking mouth shut or I'm not giving you the capital. The end. Yes. Yeah. You didn't see me blow these two 13 year olds, you know, like you didn't, you didn't get me, get me blown by two 13 year olds. Here's the other one I was thinking of. Pauly Shore was on Joe Rogan. I hate to take you down this rabbit hole guys, but I think you guys might enjoy some of these stories. There was a blind item about Pauly Shore complaining on Joe, Joe when on, he went on Rogan and he complained about how his career went in the toilet. What he fails to mention, and this was the blind, that he, Denise, Denise Richards at the time was a call girl for working for Heidi Fleiss. And she was one of the top earners and it's, 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 I believe it. I mean, she has no acting ability and she's a gorgeous, gorgeous girl. She was at one point the hottest chick on the planet. Mm -hmm. And apparently she was a huge high price hooker, same as Catherine Zeta Jones, as the stories go. And Polly, his career was flagging, but he was coked up one night and uh, he was forgiven and comped everything. Hotel rooms, trashed, coke. Uh, bad behavior back, you know, back uh, green rooms fucked up, didn't matter, but people started getting sick of him. So one night he gets uh, high, he gets Denise and she, he had the habit of getting coked up and drunk and abusive, like violent abusive. And they said, she said, no, I'm not going out. And then he promised more money. She went out with him. She be, he beat her to within an inch, an inch of his, of her, of her life. Heidi Fleiss. And I think it was Charlie Sheen. Basically, they got their leg breakers out. They went after Polly, beat him to a fucking pulp, put him in a bag and hung him on the Hollywood sign in L.A. <laughs> and it got he got blackballed like a movie exec, I think, was also involved. And they all basically hired leg breakers to strip him, beat him to beat him to a pulp, put him on the Hollywood sign. And that was it for his fucking career. He never mentions that. That's I'm. I'm flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up, uh, the, the exec or I think wh- whoever it was, they paid for her facial reconstruction. They threw in new tits and her career starts to flourish. And then you start seeing her in wild things, starship troopers, all these films. Um, uh, she had, you know, quite a, quite a go of it, a bond film. She was a bond girl for fuck's sake. I'm, sh- I don't even know what to say. You never heard that story? No. Oh, wow. Okay. It was amazing blind because apparently she would do threesomes with Heather Locklear and Charlie Sheen. Uh, and Heather, Heather was up for anything. She was another that she's famous in the blind. Any, anyone married to Tommy Lee is no Mary. No. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's just, it just reminded me of the idea that it, you, you, certain amount of bad behavior is forgivable up to a point. And then even in Hollywood, you cannot get away with it. Like they will somehow, there's some kind of, I don't know what it is, but basically if you don't make money, you're fucked. 
you start uh, affecting the bottom line, that's really when the stories come out. So with Ellen, I don't know how it happened. I think it was just literally, I think Twitter, it was originally started with Twitter where people started sharing Ellen's stories and that was the genesis. Listen, social media has been the worst thing for celebrities and the oh, yes. best thing for like regular, you know, nobodies. Civilians. Yeah. And, but I mean, there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of, um, stuff that comes out that, you know, it goes on social media and they're trying to desperately go after people with nothing. And that's how social media can be the detriment. But I agree in this situation, it was a tool. It was a great tool to use against Ellen because otherwise who knows how long it would have gone on with her and Weinstein for that fucking matter. Jesus Christ. Horrific stories, especially the Weinstein stuff. Jesus. Anyway, I digress. Sorry, guys, for that trip down blind lane, but I hope you enjoyed it. I see. Billy's yeah, going to make yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, we're going to make a fortune off it. And they were going to give you the money. Well, no. yeah, Billy gives me a cut. He does, really? Yeah. Can, Is I'll that true? Uh -huh. Billy, is that the true? First... You pay him a, a kickback? Right away. I work for you? Yeah, Is Howard, it... people, people no. get paid <laughs> for their work, for their talent. Hi, oh, everyone that used to be on the show. Right. Nothing? Getting, getting goose eggs? Yeah, well, this is, this is the thing that I didn't quite get. He was working for the station, Billy was, and then he would sit in on the show a few days a week, I think three days a week. And he wanted compensation basically because he knew how fucking important he was. And I'm certain his wife told him, look, you got to ask for more money. You deserve more money. When these headlines come out and they're telling everybody that you're the talent, you need to be paid a, prop, a proper amount. And Wiggy was never going to pay. He was never going to go to Tom and say, yeah, he's, he's necessary. We need to give him money. No He's way. never sharing marbles. Nope, never. Don't ever go after his wallet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right I was going to say, what show. are you nuts? What, what daydream am I waking uh. up in the middle of? <laughs> so in other words, there is a little bit of animosity. No, 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 no. no oh. this, this is what Billy did for me. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Right after he took over the, the show, he sent me a box of Red Hots. Right. Uh -huh. Now, I'm not talking about six Red Hots. Right. Not 12 Red Hots. A box Hots. Not of a Red couple Hots. of packages. A box of Red Hots. Why? Like a case. Why did he send you a case That's of Red Hots? That's my cut. Oh, I see. That's my cut. So you are, a, you are pissed. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah, come on. Okay, first of all, Billy didn't take over the show. The show was owned by other people. I don't know what the fuck this John Kay is trying to get on with. Billy was still a hired gun. He never wasn't a hired gun at the show. He didn't have creative control. He didn't have a fucking... Uh, a say in the matter. He's, they gave him lines and he read show. them. Yeah. He sold the show. Yeah. That's what you do. Wow. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Fuck. Doing comedy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so in other words, uh, you you spent 10 years getting your dream on the air and it would have helped if there was solidarity if Billy and everyone else walked out. No, it still would have. No, no, no. It still would have been owned by Nickelodeon or whoever fuck bought it, whatever That's company correct. bought it. And put the money whatever, behind it. Right. So they might have said you can have creative control of this amount of time or seasons. There might have been, you know, stipulations with it, which is probably why they got rid of him and they yep. didn't have to pay him. I'm sure that he signed a contract with it. Yeah, you can do the voice or you can have some sort of creative control over it. But we own it. Mm -hmm. You sold it. Here's the money we gave you. You, you money. brought it to us. You brought it to us. We 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 worked out a contract, and I'm sure what clauses. Who knows what clauses were in that contract? That but could here have we go. Been, magic, yeah. magic, magic wig loyalty. Like like yeah. like. What are you talking about? Out of nowhere, yeah. Wigdini decides he's going to create fucking uh, like magic out of a, a non-issue. That's really, uh, you know. 
out of I don't know. It's well, a combination yeah, of John Kay's delusion like, and Wig's delusion. He acts like he acts like these Hollywood contracts or this sort of like high level sort of thing is like blood brothers. Like you yeah. broke an oath. Yeah. Dude, we're not sitting in a treehouse cutting fingers. It's a fucking professional atmosphere, asshole. Like, what are you and, talking about? And did Howard show loyalty to fucking Les Moonves and Infinity when he started plugging Sirius on the air a full year and a half? Did he show loyalty to them, these people that got him all these markets when they were dropping like flies after his divorce and after the Selena thing when he started getting into controversy with the Columbine comments to, to make up for the marbles he lost from all the fucking markets he lost? Uh, Billy gave me a BFF necklace. I have one half of the heart and he has the other. <laughs> like <Christ>. what? <laughs> <laughs> you think John Gay has a locket with Billy's picture in it and a dagger in the other one? <laughs> it meant something. It's really. What a fucking. Uh, Jesus is weird. They probably would have had to bring you back. True. And listen to oh, some well, of your demands. That definitely would have happened. Yeah. Right. Oh. But that's okay. We got another cartoon coming up. Oh, you do? Huh? Yeah, but what are the odds of it being as successful as Ren and Stampy? Will you be... Uh, Should be better. Should really? be more successful. Would you be we hiring Billy? Now. Will you be hiring Billy to do one of the voices? I can't afford Billy. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Billy, man, you're something. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> hey, he's not there. Now, I would have done the same thing, Throw, putting words in Billy's mouth as if to say, like, okay, yeah, I would have been a scumbag. You're a scumbag. That's what I'm saying. You did a scumbag move, and I, I, say, I would have done the same thing. Well, Howard would have fucked anybody over, but he's presuming, he's trying to tell the story for you guys, Billy's a shithead. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, I was thinking about this. It's funny because you tie it ties into John K. At some point, he must have been he had some talent, obviously, to create stuff. And he had but some of these creators are a little fucked up to begin with. But Howard, who wanted to put, you know, Howard, the high school years, um, he wanted to put Doomsday, all these cartoons in this fucking animation. He decided he wanted to put together and that never came to fruition because he didn't want to bankroll anything is going to tell. Nickelodeon like he's going to say this with have all this wisdom about Nickelodeon when he himself was too cheap to promote him his own shit he had no faith John K went with this sold it and at least you give him that Howard has no authority on which to talk about any animation series anything I know that's I said that and I also think too uh the only animation the backside boys remember that animation yeah guys? sure <laughs> brilliant well, it's yeah. Well, it's brilliant only now, especially when we think about what we know. Well, we know certain things. Uh, what's that? Get KY. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. What are you supposed so to do? Oh, are we gonna live in a, a four-floor walk-up in Hollywood or something together? But, but John probably feels you should have had some integrity and cared about the quality of the product and everything. Uh, True, John. Uh, that was only one segment of my life, though. I mean, no, no, it was Billy, like, it Billy, was John feels, hey, this was an important cartoon. It was breakthrough. And in order to keep the quality high and to keep your reputation intact, yeah. you should have been in solidarity with John. Am I correct, John? As an artist. Well, it wasn't just me. You got to understand that it was like 50 people got fired. First of all, Billy didn't have a stake in it. So why should he give a fuck? He's employed. Right. Like, you don't incentivize the guy. Why is he going to walk out with you? Why? It's not even like their family. <laughs> I don't fucking get this logic. Yeah, Nickelodeon would be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Carlo. Right. It wasn't one person. Billy slept every thing. night. He could care less. Hasn't missed a night. <laughs> Hasn't missed a night of sleep. <laughs> Sleeps like a baby. <laughs>
And Billy probably feels like, hey, look, this is a dopey cartoon. You know what I mean? I mean seriously, this is how I would think. I'd be like, hey, I got hired to be a voice on a cartoon. They want me to do two voices? I'll do two voices. 50 voices? <laughs> Sounds he like did John. all the voices. Yeah, right. I did them all. Yeah, well, Jesus Christ. Dopey cartoon. Again, he's, again, he's got to put down. Now he's putting down John Kay. Now he's putting down the cartoon. He's putting down, um, like, Billy's contribution to the show. And it's this whole... Do you remember more recently we did the planks thing? Fuck that guy. I'm too busy. I got to talk to the guys. I can't do a fucking six-hour plank. <laughs> <laughs> Minimize <laughs> everything. Yeah. Exactly. You know look what? at that guy. Just in the... look... Billy, sit back, sit back, bask in your success, and look at the show now. Yeah, look at like Hussein Bolt winning the 100 meters, setting a world record for fastest man. I can't be doing that shit. I got to I got to talk to the guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Fuck I'm him. Bu I'm busy. <laughs> it sounds like uh, John's mad at you. No, yeah, this, is, this yeah. is like Dean and Jerry getting back. Huh? Right, right. <laughs> no, it sounds like he's upset that you didn't have like this integrity that he had. You know, 10 years he worked on it. You know, to you, it wasn't 10 years. You stepped into gold. Yeah. Clover. This was John's dream. Am I right, John? Well, I wasn't. Uh, who's saying? <laughs> Wiggy's the one saying all this. That's the that's the awkward part. Like this just is like, just, just the he Howard... did it with Robert Plan. He did <laughs> totally. the same thing. He does. I understand. I understand. You were when you recorded Stairway to Heaven. You were pissed off in the studio. Is that right? <laughs> Could you imagine if Howard, if somebody did this to Howard? <laughs> so, yeah, like I... it just it just totally sandbagged him on a talk show. Yeah, and just said, so uh, you, your wife divorced you. Uh, it was pretty quiet in the press, but, you know, from listening back and being a fan, uh, it sounded pretty contentious. And I heard your kid overdosed at a jingle ball when she was <laughs> under your care. And uh, then all of a sudden you picked up a prostitute and then you were married? Yeah, you bought a prostitute at Mercedes and uh, never sued the paper. What's that about? Uh, you also... Um... You also like, uh, I heard you got Scott, you know, your stylist got some condoms for you in the trailer and you were changing in front of him all the time. What's that about? You fuck your stylist? I heard you got kicked out of spa because your stylist slash gay lover was selling ecstasy in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you, didn't you hook up with a paid escort that someone was, you know, someone's being escorted at this, this thing and you decided like I needed a beard real cheap. What was that? What was that about, dude? Yeah. Like. Just it was sort of like the cartoonist dream, right? It was the first cartoon that was completely designed, directed, and written by cartoonists in right. about thirty years. So kind of the whole industry was hanging on it, right? And, Bi and, and Billy it all crumbled because and of Billy. So you're saying Billy has no artistic no, integrity? Well, Billy's not an artist. He's not one. Well, he's an artist in oh! a different sense, but right. he's not a. Well, Billy claims to artist. Billy claims to like be care about cartoons and everything, right? That's like your big I love. I do, but I but I'm called to perform right. vocally. I mean, I'm not. I don't draw, and I'm not. Yeah, he's not a creator. He's literally a guy that they hired to do voices. That's it. They give him copy. He reads it. And he, he right. does whatever talent. So he is an artist. Of, he's a vocal artist, but that's it. Isn't this the asshole who claimed to care about comic books? And then when Dr. Drew did the thing where he so lovingly gave him, you know, old Mad. school comic books, Mad Magazines, mm -hmm. whatever, he just, mm -hmm. you know disposed of them and didn't sure. give a shit about them yeah yeah and, okay. and denigrated the gift anyway it was like jesus okay we know what happens to bad to gifts to howard i'm an animator right <laughs> the industry i wrecked the, i didn't realize i was such a powerful man in the industry <laughs> i'm gonna ask this girl over here what john really feels because john I, what's, what, what is why, don't john you, why don't you ask john 
Why don't you, why doesn't John say anything? Because John knows you're full of shit. John knows he's full of shit and he's going to sound like a retard here. Anyway, we'll hear what the tag along has to say. Private. Come on. I think he's healing. Do you think he's healing? <laughs> Was he really mad at Billy? I want to see them kiss. Though. Was he really mad at Billy though? Will I get fired? <laughs> no, you can be honest. Come on, it's freedom of speech. Uh, from what I hear, I wasn't around when it happened, but from what I hear, it was, uh, he was there at the top of the pack, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Am I right? Well, I think that the, uh, the most entertaining incident was... I uh, just had to break that off, guys, just for a moment. So you see, that's Billy holding the mic to this assistant's face, and it's just so awkward. Jesus Christ, are you getting? Are you getting the same like, like you got? Not that you got to take a shower, but you're looking at like anything you can do to just break up the ice. It feels like it feels like you walked into something that you didn't realize was going to happen. Like you're sitting at a dinner party and mm -hmm. all of a sudden somebody's like, so, and they look across the table, tell me about what, what happened with so-and-so. And they didn't know they were going to get sandbagged. It's just mm -hmm. the most awkward thing in the world. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. If you've ever been, if you've ever been at dinner with like, it's like the rainbow room with Fred. Have you ever been at a dinner with a couple and they start fighting or they start arguing in front of you and you cannot disappear fast enough. You can't slink under the table. You can't go to the bathroom and cause you've got your stuff there. You know, you can't just. I got to get my, my car's going, I'm going to get double parked or whatever. Like I'm going to get, <laughs> get towed. So it's, it's, um, and but I it's also see... just so, it's just totally like he could have made it, he could have presented this in a way that wasn't so contentious, I guess, like awkward. Yeah. It's just like, why are you presenting it? First of all, false. Right. And then you're building on a false narrative to ramp somebody up. So I think it could have been presented in a way that was true and you could yes. have actually had a conversation, which was real. Like, okay, if say he was on Rogan, they mm -hmm. could have been like, what happened? Yeah. Tell, tell me what happened. And then tell they could have talked side. it out yeah. and then it could have been an actual real moment. But this mm -hmm. is just like, this feels like I need to pretend I have to go to the bathroom and not come back. Billy on Conan O'Brien. Right. Describing how he created oh, yeah. Ren and Stimpy. I thought that was pretty good. Oh. oh. Yeah. I never did that. Well, I mixed in a little bit of uh, Kirk Douglas with Peter Laurie and threw in some Burl Ives and came up with John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I described so that what hurt, the voice huh? was. They asked me what it was, and I used to describe what all the elements were. Because, I, you know, I got the original descriptions and everything and when right. I was asked to perform the characters that's what I had to go off right of, you know are there pictures of Billy in your house with darts in them no no <laughs> he just okay, so, so wants it to be negative go ahead so somebody gave you a description of a character right mm -hmm. so that would be like an actor saying you have you have to be uh you know let's take uh Sharon Stone in Casino you have to be uh bubbly, then manipulative, sly, sure. drug yeah. addict, drunk, sexy, this and that. You yep. have all these, you know, markers that you have to hit and you have these adjectives 
Mm -hmm. describing the character. That's right. And she performs the character and gets the Oscar. Do you think the person who wrote the adjectives for the character stands up and says, you fucking bitch, like you stole (laughs) my character? (laughs) No. 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 Right. Uh, I mean, there's there's certain people. He did. He made the character with his voice. Right. The character wouldn't exist. You can describe a character all you want, but until somebody puts that characterization to vocalization there is no character right so like this is a bad example but let's say for example the song nothing compares to you prince wrote that for a group called the family that he was producing and it never it was released but it wasn't a big hit at all it was not not even chart and then Sinead o'connor covers it and it becomes associated with her and it's a huge hit it doesn't mean she's not a talent. She is a talent. He wrote that, and it was credited to him, of course, obviously, and he got a bit of a, a resurgence. Uh, not a resurgence. He didn't need it, but his name was kind of thrown out there because it, they said, who wrote that? It's such a great song, and they find out it's Prince. And she kind of resented that fact that she did a cover that was bigger than any, anything she had released and bigger than anything since, and it was an albatross around her neck. Now, with this John Case situation... He, what he's not admitting, what he's not really admitting is I fucked up. He doesn't have, he has got too much ego to say I screwed up and Billy doesn't want to say it because he's trying to be nice. That's what, that's what I can take away from it. And Billy didn't say he made the character. He was asked, how did you go about doing this character? And he went through the vocal process of making the character which you read what's on the page and then you go with your own creativity. Right. So they're trying to paint it like, okay, I made this, I made this from scratch. No, I went with what they gave me and this is what I came up with. And if they liked it, they liked it. What are you going to say? It's creative. That's an audition. That's everybody. They make the character and the people who don't, you don't get hired. Like in the usual suspects, uh, Benicio del Toro, there was nothing on the page. He just dies on whatever page and he decided, can I make this character up that you can barely comprehend? And it kind of, and it became famous. Like he was quoted and people love that character, even though he has almost nothing to do in the usual suspects. He just except to die and people quote from it. So that's genius. Like that's the genius. The, that's what the actor brings to it. In this case, this is what the voice actor does. Correct. Yeah, could, could you imagine? Do you, do you know the story about Shrek that Chris Farley was originally signed to be Shrek? I didn't know that. It was created for to be his design with, with him in mind, but there wasn't enough in the in the cutting room. Like they they just didn't record enough of him. So Mike Myers eventually got the gig. But could you imagine how much funnier Shrek would have been with Farley as Shrek? Yeah, I can't even picture it. Oh God, would have been. It's like, please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. <laughs> God, he was my favorite. But you said Billy's name in conjunction with curse words before. Right. <laughs> so he used to go around cursing out Billy and stuff? <laughs> no, no. Billy was trapped. Come on. He was, he was doing like yeah, you're backpedaling. The girlfriend, the girlfriend here. Is this your girlfriend? <laughs> Assistant. Uh, but you guys make love, don't you? <laughs> I <think laughs> love. Really? Yeah. John's making love, and I think, are you, do you make love with her? He has a lovely girlfriend. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah she's underage, and she's, uh, we'll find out about this later, <laughs> dating a fucking 16-year-old. I don't know what state that's underage in, but I'm sure, isn't that, isn't that underage in some states? Yes. Jesus Christ almighty, what a fucking creep all, uh, here we go. I'm sure, I'm sure they have a lot in common. Yeah. Animator also. So, John. Eleanor, do you hear me? So, John was really pissed at Billy, that's cool. I like that. 
Why? Pretty icy. Did you see that look in his face? Like just glee. Absolute glee. It's really, it's like a Christmas story when he finds the Red Rider. (laughs) In here. I like all the tension. I live on this. I'm not, not going to any commercial breaks, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm not being here for that. What? The guys from E were telling me, I guess John's a pretty interesting guy. Yeah. They said that uh, E, I guess, went over to interview him recently. Yeah. And he was doing a reading from his, I guess he's working on a new cartoon. Yeah. And I guess he really gets into it when he reads. And they said that he just went wild and started uh, throwing lamps against the wall and breaking tables and stuff while he was doing his reading within the character. Really, John? I mean, I'm a mild-mannered sort. Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay, method voice acting. Is that what that is? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a little just a little disturbing. I mean, what was that one line? Um, I'll tell you real quick. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, when he was uh, doing Marathon Man, and the character had to be out of wind, like out of breath, so he ran around the block like five times. And then Sir Lawrence Olivier, <laughs> when he came back, Sir Lawrence Olivier says, "My dear boy, why don't you just act?" <laughs> <laughs> right like it just, or like you know <laughs> method acting bullshit i gotta you know yeah. pull hairs out of my nose to cry <laughs> just give me the drops i'll fake it, got it. Gotta, they, they gotta tape. can you do that reading george. do george for them he looks hey, like george? brewing now let me see it looks like you're ready to kill somebody he's john percolating I can't get a read on you. Do what George would He's do. He's shooting looks at Billy, I'll tell you that. Oh, oh man. You want to kick Billy's Billy ass? pals. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the firing line He's now. a big man now. So, John, you're really into cartoons, right? Yeah, I like cartoons. Yeah. Let me hear this guy, George. Let me see you do that. Uh, can I do the opening to our new George Liquor cartoon on yeah, Fox? Yeah, just do a little bit. I mean, okay. This is funny. This, they came in, we're 18 minutes into the video, and this is where the plug, this is his, him plugging the fucking show. Like the, you brought him in to plug it, but this is you crowbarred the Billy shit. Christ Almighty! I know. If I were, Bill, you, if I were Billy, I would have been fucking throwing shit at Howard Pictures. The way they, like they're talking about this, it's it, it's like Charles Dickens being pissed off that George C. Scott is performing as Scrooge. Like, fuck you! How dare you! <laughs> like. I didn't write it. I didn't write it like that. (laughs) Yeah. This belligerent drunk, we can barely get out of the trailer to perform. Yeah, for George. Yeah, he liked his booze, that's for sure. Crazy. Yeah, go ahead. But I want to get into it, though. All right, get into it. All right. We might tear up the studio. Is it dangerous? Well, let me show you. Oh, this is George? This is George Licker, American. Oh, yeah, very nice. Real manly. Good drawing. Hey, I'll do the voices. Want me to do some voices? Oh, no. Please, God, no. <laughs> please, let's hear some fucking Howard. Kermit voice. I'm going to play my Kermit voice. <laughs> oh, you mean your voice, Jared. Okay, sure. I won't screw you like Billy did. <laughs> I won't be a little backstabber. Hey, I, you know, I'll quit if you quit. Seriously. All right. You're, you're hired. Hello! Hi! Hi! This is George! Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, eat me! Oh! <laughs> So he goes into his shitty Jackie impression <laughs> from a shitty, I don't know what impression to a shitty Jackie impression calls Billy a backstabber. You're going to have to take my face out of my hand. <laughs> and this was put on video. No less. That's just, Ooh, Ooh, Nelly. 
How's that? You like that voice? Great. Let me hear you. That's this one. You're perfect. Hi, this is George. How you doing? You like that voice? I can do the same stupid crap Billy does. Oh, oh my lord. Oh my god. Wow. This reminds me of when Hank Azario was in. Yes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, uh, no. Howard kept, you know, trying to run through the impressions. Yeah. And it was just like, no, no, was, no, and no. <laughs> he literally said that was pretty bad, Howard. <laughs> you know, that stuck a knife in his heart. <laughs> oh, look, this is George. How are you? <laughs> yeah, how's that? Oh, that's real hard. <laughs> well, let's hear what George is supposed to right, Let me hear what George like. is supposed to sound like. You work, George. All right, go ahead. Hello, I'm George Licker, American. Today's story is the lesson of meat. Now, let me tell you about meat. I don't care what you're reading in those women's magazines. Meat is good for you. <clears throat> so no Jesus, now I understand why they got rid of him. <laughs> that was that was pathetic. <laughs> it just sounded like some <laughs> shithead Phillies fan getting fucked up at the concession stand. <laughs> it literally sounds like anybody Richard interviewed at an Eagles game. <laughs> <laughs> or at Rocklahoma. What the fuck? In other words, George is a guy who is not afraid to like meat. Oh, no, no, meat is... Right, he's, a, he's an all-American. He's a meat eater. He's a meat eater. Oh, I get yeah. the idea. Okay. Well, where's this going to air? George. On Fox. Oh, Come yeah, on. it's brilliant. <laughs> it's because just because it's against Billy. It's a better deal than Nickelodeon. Now, what happened when Nickelodeon fired you? Did they still have to pay you? You know, because you own the yeah, idea. Yeah, we tricked them into giving us a cut. Yeah, well, you have to get a cut because didn't you create Ren and Stampy and all uh -huh. that? Yeah. See, Billy? So you didn't take all the money. But it broke your heart because you felt the quality of Ren and Stampy went downhill once you left. And... Well, it broke our bank for a while. Right. But Billy, Billy profited greatly off your leaving. Billy, did you realize the carnage? Now, check out Billy's face, his expression. It's like stone face. And it's brilliant because he's not giving Howard anything. He's really I, not giving him. And Robin yeah. said, did you realize the carnage? And he just gives literal stone cold fuck you eyes right yeah. over to Robin. <laughs> totally great. Totally gray rocking it. And he, he'll tell you later on that he, he understood what Howard wanted. And if he gave it to him, he'd be the loser. So this was the only way to combat that. And I, I find it actually quite, a, quite admirable when you consider this is an ex-alcoholic, actually. Billy West had a big alcohol problem, and he credited uh, Mel Carmazan for helping him, actually, uh, which I thought was noble, considering Mel was <laughs> probably one of the ones decided, no, he's not getting any more money. Um, you know, would but you he be, decided... Would you, be, would you be mad at Gene Wilder for finishing a film because Richard Pryor was so fucked up on heroin? You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy to me. Like, Billy was if hiding I, I was, a secret. If I was you know Richard, and, or, or if I was like a guitarist and they brought in somebody else to finish my solos for the album because I was too fucked up, like Ace Frehley. Yeah, like, look at this guy and he's pr promoting this awful cartoon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, it's genius. Well, there's some, there's certain things. The other thing that people don't seem to realize is that some artists in any field only don't have much to say. So past one good film, one good album, one good book, they kind of live off of that, you know, and there's, there's countless, like not just talking one hit wonders, talking about, you know, directors that never quite did it after a certain point, whatever. So it's not unheard of for a person to have a huge hit and then fucking nothing whatsoever afterwards, because especially in that industry. It's not unless you're a part of a trend, like if you're part of a Walt Disney association, you have that, um, 
you have that to fall back on. But if you're independent, you're trying to come up with some kind of successful um, sitcom, whatever, you're not, you can't always be Peter Lorre, uh, not Peter Lorre, uh, Chuck Lorre. You can't be um, Dick Wolf getting all these CSIs on. You don't have name recognition, that which brings power. Then you add all that fucking behind the scenes drama and you know you're not going to have a push. You're not going to have um, success further on down the line with another sitcom. Sorry, John Kay, that ain't going to work. No. So, here we go. Left in your wake? Yes, I did, Robin. Ooh. And you had no remorse. No remorse. You slept every night like a baby. <laughs> like a baby. Right. And you watched Billy on Conan and you were steaming, huh? Actually, I didn't watch him. We have the... Somebody... Somebody really taped monitoring somebody my somebody career, are you? <laughs> Watching me a little too closely? I like that Billy has a whole thing going on. Billy's a little backstabber. I have to keep that in the back watch of my that. mind. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck off. Yeah, I, he, I'm, I'm amazed I, he didn't fucking throw the headphones at him. Like, you cunt. I'll get you. Yeah. So you know, he'll have created this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what happened when you... Who, who was in charge of taping Conan? Was that your job? Oh, no, that was long before my time. Oh, but, but you heard about it. I keep hearing about it, yes. Yeah. Because, John, yeah. you created the voice of Ren. Well, no, I stole it. I stole yeah, it from but it was Peter Laurie, but it was your... Oh, for fuck's sake. Jesus. Or it was your idea the Peter Lorre voice. Yeah. Not Billy's. No. Right. And you felt you were mad because Billy was going Billy on there saying... Billy didn't even give you credit. Billy should have credited the great John Kay, right? When Billy goes on top... He was stimpy. He was stimpy. He wasn't Ren. Yeah. He fucked that up. So, no. Oh. You can't remember who created I don't, Ren? I, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, I always say, don't do business with short guys, John. I always say it. They're always. Oh, my Lord. Jesus Christ. Digging himself further in. And totally indicting himself. And this will all come into play, guys, when we start playing those where's Billy calls. When we start playing the I don't give a fuck about Billy. He left. Like, he doesn't say Billy's name in that situation, but you'll hear the audio. He's angry. You fell into the trap. And John's a nice, tall man. Gentle. <laughs> and got plenty wow. of hair. Billy resented you right yep. from the very beginning. Billy kicked your ass in his own way. Targeted. <laughs> Maybe he can't beat you up, you know. So I'm coming. Yeah. Nothing about you, Lex. That's right. Wow. A lot of tension in this room, isn't there? Ooh. Get Billy to kiss John. I think we butt. should take a bath together. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. It's just, it's as cringe. You can see why people were fascinated with the train wreck, though, right? Like I, fans. I'm, I'm a little... So I'm so uncomfortable that I can't really talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> this doesn't always happen. We're at a loss for words, but sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I, get... I sometimes I bite my lip and just sit back like yeah. I I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like that. Remind me of that one Richard Pryor line. He goes, he goes, uh, I had, you know, I fuck, I fucked my old lady's uh, my girlfriend, you know, and I, I confessed. I told her I had the guilties. I thought she knew. And she goes, Have you seen Ethel? I did it. Did what? <laughs> I fucked Ethel. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say. I just, I just feel that clench, like. <laughs> like what, you, what you imagine? Well, can you imagine like Billy's wife at the time is hearing this at the time? She, she's going to soon come into play. And what do you imagine she's fucking saying? <laughs> I just wish I had a fucking microphone at her, like a parabolic mic in her apartment going, you fucking pelican asshole cunt twat.
Well, everything Billy doesn't say, I hope he hears this and knows we love him and yeah. we're doing this for you. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, I, 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 and I was one of the first on the jump the shark thing to say, like, I, the, my favorite era is the Artie, Artie era, but it's not the best. I still think the Billy West Jackie era is, is the absolute pinnacle of the show. I don't think many people would, who went through it and listened to it subsequently would disagree with me. I think the... I think I have I have different emotions for both, but I think this I think the best is the Billy era and the Artie era. Like I can't mm -hmm. choose. Can't I choose just like them. them. I can't like them both, but I do think Billy's comedy is just smarter. It's oh, just God, smart, yeah. savvy, ironic, smart. And he was so fast. He was so fast. He was so goddamn quick on the uptake, and. uh I, mean, I liked it too because he he made he just lessened Howard's role in it. Totally. And I I I liked that now in retrospect. I didn't realize what he was doing, but he did it so well. Well, yeah, and you you can't you make you can't make the mistake of marginalizing Howard on his own show because you're gonna get his wrath. And all you need is for a Ben Stern to say, you know, that Billy, he's some talent. And and See, never say that about his own son. <laughs> See Howard same can reason, turn same reason, Sorry, same reason he hates Seinfeld because Ben right. loved Seinfeld. Yep, and he could he could easily uh, take Artie's comedy because Artie's comedy was based on stories and whatever. You know, he's quick, but he could manipulate that too easily and become a part of that. And it, mm -hmm. you know, it became too embedded. But Billy's yeah. was so separate. Yes. It was, uh, it was, it was sort of like its own mother. Like it was given, he, he gave birth to it and it, he had ownership of his own sort of, um, niche, but it didn't, it just occupied the right amount of space in the show. Yeah. And per perfectly. The Phil. Can there be a hug? Uh, or you're, you're, you're too angry. I'll, I'll hug Billy. Yeah. Choking <laughs> <laughs> and hugging are two different things. All right, go ahead. <laughs> sit, Billy, sit on John's lap. Like a puppet. Like a puppet. <laughs> a spanking. Yeah. Take your pants down. Go ahead, hug. You guys ought to make up. Over Come on. The knee. Come on. Mm. There's Stand no up. more animosity. Stand you you, you forgive Billy about the Conan appearance? There you go. Billy, you want to apologize or something? Or you don't feel you have anything to apologize for? No. No? No, I'm a craftsman, Howard. You're a craftsman? Yeah. All right. Applying my craft. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Do it into the mic. What'd you say? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> John, don't you think he should uh, say he's sorry? Oh, wow. Oh, I got it. And I. Uh, <laughs> I can tell oh, from your face. You're just like, let me escape. I'm, I'm cringing to death. I'm, I can't. And I just, just the forced of it. And yes, I, I hate the way he keeps saying Conan. It's yeah. Conan, Conan, yeah. Conan O'Brien, Conan. Look at, look at the back. Conan, Conan, <laughs> the barbarian, Conan. Yeah. What are you talking about. Jesus Christ. Sorry a little bit? He's not allowed to apologize. Do you think he has something to apologize for? Seriously. <laughs> do you? That's a yes. In all seriousness, yeah. you do. What you, he should apologize for taking your voice and doing it. Oh, and... God. I, can, can, I need to hide under a bed. <laughs> you're stuck in a family conversation at the dinner table that you cannot escape because you're in the you're against the wall and there's people on the other side of you and in order to get up you have to make all kinds of, you basically have to jump over i'm in home alone one 
where it's like <laughs> the pizza party and you're just like the kid who just wants a fucking slice of pizza and I don't want to talk to Uncle Jack. Just like yeah. leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Unbelievable. Not sticking by the crew, right? Right. I don't no. see it that way. <laughs> you don't? No, you don't? Apologize. Come on, you know. Just apologize. <laughs> You've been there. You won't apologize? No. No. Mm-hmm. All right. No, see, so you thought I didn't have principles. I do. You, <laughs> yeah, the principal is in his bank account. Let me ask the assistant, because you guys are obviously having a hard time. Do yeah. you think Billy should apologize? I think Billy should kiss John's butt. No, come on. Oh. What, for giving him the job, you mean? Into my Oh, my fucking Lord. And Robin, you... of course. Yeah, there's, there's no neutrality. Nobody's Geneva in this fucking situation. Oh, my God. If this were a summit, we'd have a nuclear war. <laughs> my Man. God. Okay, so Holy this is... Holy shit. And then, by the way, Robin, do you think Howard should apologize? I mean, could you imagine if somebody said to Robin, or somebody said, hey, Howard, don't you think you should apologize to Robin mm-hmm. after her return to NBC? Yeah. yeah. No? It's not, no, why? What did I do? I got my own gig. Fuck her. Now, by the way, everybody, back then she wasn't being represented by Buckwell. That was later. That was when she got to NBC, WNBC. Now, here's the thing. This thing takes place 1995, June 21st. So Billy's on another July, August, September, October, November. He's on basically four more months, and then he's gone. Um, And I believe from the station, not just the Stern show, and got better gigs and, of course, went up onwards and upwards, as we all know. But so he did he didn't leave them high and dry. But this was clearly one of those things that, you know, that that turning point where you just all of a sudden that person's a cunt. I can't go back. I'll do my job. I'll do what I have to do. But I'm this is the exact point Artie took. He hit. Um, during his tenure there, where he, that's where he let himself get fucked up. I'm sorry. I'll never not believe that. I don't think it was just drug addiction. I think it was, I don't care anymore. He, this guy's made it easy for me to not care. There is a turning point with, I think, not with, I think, really talented people who mm-hmm. don't just carry Howard's water, who yep. know that they are viable talents. Sure. Who are being abused. Mm-hmm. And I think they hit this turning point and Artie hit it. Jackie hit it. And mm-hmm. so did Billy where it's yep. like, I'm not going to carry your fucking water anymore. No, I'm not doing it. Right. Fuck you. And Where's I think Artie hit that point uh, like a couple of times, but the bro fight was definitely one. Gary's dinner was definitely one in funeral. Mm-hmm. But his dad's funeral, I, I think there was a few points where it was just like, no. And when you realize the person that you looked up to who gave you the opportunity, the person that it's like that person, you know, I'm going to give you candy mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, give you ice cream and do all these nice things for you. And then I'm going to take you into my basement and fucking rape you in the ass. <laughs> you know the point where you're like, no. You're not going to keep doing this to me. I'm not going to be abused anymore. You're a bad person. And I think Mm -hmm. every talent realizes he's a bad person. Now, why people stay? The people who stay is because they don't have any other talent. That's correct. And they know that they have nowhere else to go. Right. And the first chance they get to get a better gig, like Stuttering John, they would go for it. And that's what really bothers Gary and and Fred and, uh, well, more really Fred, but Gary, Robin, that John got away and did better, even though he might be a wet brain asshole now. Einziger went away and did better. And the people, the people who are talented get away. 
Mm-hmm. And they all hit that point where they're like, you're not a good person. Yeah. And you're, like, this is the well, so this is, this kind of takes the, the, this particular show isn't going to be a so long farewell in that category. It's going to be a, a kind of on its own. It's going to be a little bastard episode, but it's in the same vein in a way. Because Billy obviously doesn't leave until much later, but this is sowing the seeds of his eventual departure. And I don't fucking blame him. We're team Billy all the way. But I mean, yeah. Bill, why? Well, because uh, he took over the voice. He shouldn't have done it. Yes, he shouldn't I, have. I thanked him for doing good work while I worked for him. Right. And then he continued That's to work for these other people. that anybody would get from me. You shouldn't have worked for them. No? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, who's going to help Who's me paying out? you? Pulling around. Yeah, exactly. And like, what is this? This is, this is incredibly awkward. I can't you even guys. You assistant cunt. Who would you, who would you, are you paying my salary when I walk right. away? Yeah, are who's, you guaranteeing you... me a job with benefits and a salary? Right. For a voice are you, job? Are you John Lady K's Robin? Corner, assistant, fuck, pretend, yeah. whatever. Who right. cares what you have to say? <laughs> this is just like that scene in Braveheart when Patrick McGowan, the king, goes, who is this person who speaks to me as though I needed his advice? Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. It's, you know, it's Miranda Priestly in oh, The Devil Wears Prada. Like, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for work. Yeah, who you helped know? out 50 people who didn't have jobs because of that. I'm not responsible for those 50 people. I didn't create the situation. That's right. Wow. Yeah. That's right. Shut your fucking mouth. Uh, that's that's the, that's the only regret I have about this episode, this particular episode that they were not allowed to curse. But well they could have, but they would have bleeped it out. But if I were Billy, uh, Jesus Christ, I would have just laid waste to the place, including John K, his assistant, I'm Howard, sorry. Robin, everybody. I hear a voice. Who's talking to me? Right. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> exactly. I would, and it would have been unprofessional, but my, my inner, my, you cannot treat people like that and not expect there's to be some kind of retribution. Billy, you better... And in Billy's case, it was success. It was a greater this, success. And this lady is some sort of like quasi assistant to this guy. Yeah. Okay. Right. I right. would have told her to fuck off in two yeah. seconds. Easily. You better go sit down. Yeah. Okay. John's going to kick your ass. Wow. <laughs> I'm a good fighter too. Huh. Oh my! Hey, the girlfriend's really uh, on fire. Girlfriend, she's the assistant. Oh, whatever. She's clearly too young. She's too old to be his girlfriend, apparently. That's oh what, what, a, what a great assistant, by the way. What kind of assistant asshole are you? Yeah. Shut also, your mouth. An assistant exactly. should just be getting you water and sitting in the goddamn green room. Yeah. Shut if up. You're, except if you're cornholing the boss like Ralph is when he comes in and talks, and he's the assistant. Assistant. Yeah. <laughs> hover, hover. Billy might need to mic for a weapon. <laughs> Jackie, isn't this great? It's fun, unbelievable. Fred, do you love this? I, I'm getting chills. Tension, <laughs> it's really not even am. from Fred. Robin, is there tension in the room? Oh, please. I see icicles forming. Really? <laughs> I can feel it all the way in here. I'm really? in another room. Now they're staring each other down. I think the girl <laughs> can open up the whole thing here. Yeah. yeah, she knows more she than... She knows the... Oh, for fuck's sake. I think, I think Billy could Let's open bring... it all up if he wanted to. You know what? We should just bring Allison in. Allison, yeah. <laughs> Beth. Let's just open up the whole thing. Exactly. Let's bring Deborah in. Emily. Oh, let's anyone? bring Emily in. Definitely Emily. <laughs> let's get her on truth serum. <laughs> and give her some Manischewitz. Come on. Tell us what Zusa, you know. Zuza, Zuza, you were never there. Exactly. She, she knows everything. She's willing to reveal. She doesn't know how much she's allowed to say. 
You know. You could say whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you permission. Are you gonna give me a job? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to give you Jackie's Unlike job. Billy, <laughs> we care if you have a job. Right. I don't know, but Billy looks awfully nervous. Is he always this nervous? Well, I mean, it's uncomfortable for Billy. Yeah. I mean, he's not usually this in the spotlight. Yeah. He's usually... Jeez, he's, he's ready to take that fucking mic and whop her over the head with it, and I don't blame him. Are you going to give me a job? What a social... What a what a climber you are, honey. Is she is she even a, an assistant, for fuck's sake? No one knows. It's just you, you just brought this person in for what? floral potato sack you're wearing fuck off he's screaming about black people no, he's so. a talented guy but he right. just can't do ren very well that's all oh so you feel oh you feel oh, john did john did ren. ren better well he mixes them up when i hear it now it sounds like ren is stimpy doesn't it john is that true i don't see that many of them <laughs> but the ones that you saw, did yeah, you feel that Ren? It's a little bit like the stimpy and stimpy show it is you feel both sound like stimpy oh boy now can I tell you, kids don't notice. <laughs> no, they don't. And in fact, like when um, when Mel Blanc had his son Noel do some commercials, like more like in the um, early 80s and stuff, just to because there was just basic, you know, really short, short 30 second clips of Bugs or whoever else. I didn't know. I mean, I could tell it sounded like maybe Mel had a cold or something like that when you hear Bud, Bugs Bunny. And it wasn't until later you find out that Noel did the voices. And he, he's clearly not his father. No one would ever be like Mel Blanc, for example. But um, And by the way, there's an amazing interview on YouTube, guys, with Mel, Noel Blanc talking about Mel. And it's one of the... I can't remember the exact link. I'll, I'll put it in the description or I'll send you guys a link on the, uh, on the page, on the video when you see this. And um, an amazing life. Just So anyway, you sorry. Know, I, you know, like... Credence, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Leonard Skinnerd. You mm. g you get people who can take over, who do a really good job. You yep. know, they're different, but they do a really good fucking job mm -hmm. at taking over. Like, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But and as a child, you're not really aware of this. Like, I had no idea. No. I don't think and, anybody would, really. And, and who? The assistant is, what, watching every episode on SNCC? On a Saturday right. night, what kind of loser are you? <laughs> she also called him Ran. <laughs> Ran. <laughs> Ran and Stempy. Jesus Christ, the pr pronunciation issues in this whole room. She, she, she's, wearing this, she's wearing this fucking dress I hate so much. It's those, like, Ashley dresses. They, they were like these Laura Ashley dresses Laura in Ashley. the 90s. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Acting unprofessionally. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very well, talented It's not guy. money now, it's talent, you know? I like Billy. <laughs> Billy, I think you're talented. Thank you. Yeah. He, no, he's very. Yeah, I went from calling you a backstabber, now I think you're talented. This is not, this is Rickles shit, Rickles again, making his appearance. I'm a nice guy. Very talented. All right. But okay. just not in doing Ren, that's all. I see. He's good at Stimpy. Um, yeah, excellent. Right. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> well, all wasn't lost Billy. in the bathroom. What? I have a message for Billy. What? He has to call his manager slash wife as soon as he gets off the air. Oh, is that oh. right? Why doesn't she come on here? Maybe yeah, she can take Billy's side. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, that's what well, we need. Does she have the anything wife. to do with the negotiation? Oh, man. And I, uh, when I heard, when I remember the first time I saw this, I go, please get on the air because she will tear them all a new asshole. And she never did. I, I don't believe. I. I. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's just, look, look on Sam's face is so uh, like stunned, stunned I'm, into submission. Because you want, I, I want to be that like I have your back person. Like I want to be the rageaholic that yeah. I am. 
Association when Billy... Hey, was she involved in this at all? No. Oh, None at all. Okay. She is now. Now she is. <laughs> she must have something to say now. I, I, gee, I had no idea you guys had this animosity. You think me West would have anything oh. to say? Yeah, right. What is it? <laughs> I, I Hi. Wait, hold on. Uh, this is Billy's wife. Hi, Howard. You had no idea? Then why did you set up this whole fucking secret bit, you fucking pelican asshole secretly gay wig wearing hump are you fucking kidding me how about you pay my husband enough so that he could have stayed on your show and have been a talent no you were too fucking jealous so mm -hmm. now he had to go do a cartoon voice which he was successful at and the creator happened to be a child molester which he's hiding the secret from so guess what he decided that he was going to take on both voices good for him because no one else is paying him are you paying him uh laura ashley over there in the fucking corner assistant how much are you getting paid are you gonna pay him fuck you <laughs> thank you samantha west <laughs> it was wonderful let's let's be let's put all their fucking cards on the table guys if, if v west uh, that wasn't i was thinking it was actually christine sal's wife who called in and gave howard shit about what he was wearing on some talk show i love that yeah, clip the red <laughs> yeah and it, he said, you dre he's dressing you like some 90210, like, ripoff. I, you know, <laughs> anyway, and uh, I love that because anytime someone takes Howard to task, he's almost completely flabbergasted. That's what we're missing here. We're missing someone to do exactly what Sam did and what V would have done had she gone on the air. But anyway, I, I digress. We'll play a little more. His wife called up. Yeah. She goes, you tell Billy to call me as soon as they go to break. I go, why, V? You know, what's up? You tell Billy to call me as soon as they go to break. What? You know, these wives, why do they call in during... Now Billy's life is even worse. You think it's bad that John is upset with him? Forget yeah. it. Are That's you going to rush nothing. to call your wife? It doesn't matter who's upset with you. I, I know. My wife's upset with me, so join the club. Yeah, I mean, it, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, I'm sure she is. Yeah, I'm sure she's upset at Billy. That's who she's upset at. Right. Mm-hmm. Really mean it doesn't issue. matter who is upset. Oh, it matters to him. No, it doesn't. Why do you have to call your wife? I don't. Should we started, John? Yeah, Billy's <laughs> saying he doesn't have to call his wife. It's the first thing he's gonna do. Robin, you're acting like a nut. I got a job to do. <laughs> I'm acting like a nut. Yeah, but yes. why is your wife involved in your job? How come my wife's involved in my job? <laughs> Because she's his manager, and that happens in all walks of life, where family is the manager. Um, I'm his wife. Your wife is involved in your job because your employment matters because you will lose money, mm -hmm. your house, your mm -hmm. car. That's correct. I don't know. Kids' tuitions. What? What is he talking about? Yeah. Amazing wife. Amazing wife. Uh, by the way, his wife called him. He didn't involve his wife. His wife called him. And then all of a sudden he goes, why is your wife involved? Why do you have to involve your wife? He didn't involve his wife, Howard. She, she called. called. Yeah. And I would uh, fucking tore him a new asshole. Oh, God. that's And I'm sure that's why they didn't have her on. They say, like, she didn't want to get on the air, I think. But I think Wiggy was afraid to fucking have her on because she would have tore him apart. Yeah. Any listener listening, if you need me to have your back, just... <laughs> <laughs> get you in the rage yeah you're gonna call me when you get off this why are all these women show? involved in our jobs don't you dare call that wife he has to he's gotta he go home to. you want him to sleep on the floor i know here? his wife wants to get in on this in the worst way and he's fucking look at look at crazy eyes he's fucking for dead afraid he's afraid have, to put her on the line i have steam if i was a cartoon right now and this were ren and stippy i'd have fucking steam pouring out of my ears <laughs>
<laughs> Kettle's ready. Kettle, water's ready. <laughs> Call her. Okay. Why? What is it? V sounds a little upset, but basically she said, you you ask Billy if Billy wants me. If Billy says he yeah. wants me to come on the air, then I'll Yes, talk. we want him to come, we well, want him to come on the air. Yes, so she's Billy really wants her to come on the air. Cool. Right, Bill? And Billy doesn't yeah. care who's upset yeah. with him. Billy wants her. <laughs> this is good, John. His manager now is going to yell at you. Uh, also, <laughs> yeah, you good. have an assistant here uh, to, uh, on your behalf. Billy now has his manager. And this is not uncommon in show business. The manager is the one who is supposed to tell people off, not the talent. Because then you can't blame the talent. Okay? And I'm going to fly out there next week, and I'm going to straighten your ass out. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that you really get it. I'm going to make sure that you know what a rude, thoughtless little pig you really are. Do you understand? You're a rude, thoughtless pig. So be ready on Friday the 20th, because I'm coming out there. I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to turn around. I'm going to fly right back home. <laughs> you are a rude, <laughs> thoughtless pig.